Welcome to Good Words with Geeks and Nerds. My name's Kenny, and each week, myself and my co-host, Stu, will discuss all those strange, specific things that make us nerds. Stu and I are running the gamut of geekdom, from comic books and pro wrestling to toys and collectibles, what's hot on the newest streaming service, and the latest TV and movie news, we're covering it all. You can subscribe using your favorite podcast platform, and please leave us a five-star review. So now, sit back, relax, and enjoy some good words with geeks and nerds. Strange, specific stuff. That's what makes a nerd a nerd. If you like strange, specific stuff, that's a nerd, okay? Cool, cool, cool. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Good Words with Geeks and Nerds. I'm Kenny. I'm Stu. And we have uh, been uh, been away for a while, but now we are back. Uh, travel, schedules, family, personal stuff, work. Life. Life has happened, but uh, now we're back into the swing of things and uh, ready to uh, chat about uh, the wonderful world of all things geekdom. Uh, We have a lot of things that have happened since the last time we met, and I'm pretty sure how this this is going to shake out is I'm going to post this episode uh, next. (laughs) (laughs) The one we're recording now, and I think I'll work backwards and try to get some of that old stuff edited and up so that we have, um, we'll have some other bonusy content, but I think, uh, it's better to stay current. Yeah. Um, and just start from here. Uh, but there are a lot of things that have happened since the last time we actually sat down. Um, lots of things in entertainment, lots of things in wrestling, lots of things everywhere. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, what, wor- the world is spinning again. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're uh, we're moving, we're moving and shaking. What uh, what do you want to start with? Uh, let's let's just let's just get the big elephant out of the room, the big undead uh, elephant out of the room. Works, that works for me. Okay, so one of the last episodes we recorded, uh, we talked about how excited we were for an upcoming Netflix film from Zack Snyder, uh, the uh, a, a a sequel to his uh dawn of the dead which uh was Was, fantastic fantastic oh great great film um you know great great it was a remake right because romero did the first yeah uh it was a a reimagining yes thank you yeah a uh a reimagining a a more modern day version of it with uh who was in that ving rames and sarah polly sarah polly yeah and uh jake weber on fast zombies and fast zombies. Um, the dad from Modern Family was in it. Uh, um, Ty Burrell. Uh, Ty Burrell. Yeah. yeah. And a bunch of other people. Yeah. Anyway, it was a very good film for the time. I think that came out in what? 04, 05, 06, somewhere like yeah, that. Say, yeah, something like that. Um, great film. And then this uh, new film, Army of the Dead, which was direct to Netflix, and it did release in theaters, I believe, at the same time. Uh, two weeks special release. Yeah, that's yeah. what they did to get let people go see it in the theaters. Um, Army of the Dead, Army, okay. uh, which was to take it was it takes place in the today of that film, yeah, the today times of the events of that film, uh, which, to my understanding, if I got the story right, spoiler alerts, uh, by the way, the beginning of the film starts with how the zombies became zombies. And got to Vegas, which is where the setting of the film takes place. Yeah. Um, Now, how that relates to Dawn of the Dead, they didn't really connect the two. And and from everything I'm 
I've read, don't, uh, Snyder has said multiple times, don't read that, that the, the zombie from the beginning of army of the dead, uh, is some random leftover zombie from dawn of the dead. Like the story that we're telling here is, is just the story we're telling here. Right. And we're not going to give you a a direct connective tissue. No, it makes sense. And then, and you can, you can draw that in, in whatever ways you want. Like, uh, however your imagination wants to, to tell that story. Yeah. Um, this is the way he told this story is a zombie outbreak happens in Vegas. Um, they, they, they shut the whole they, the town, city down. Exactly. The town uh, either eats itself. People get out and they quarantine the town. They surround it with giant, uh, what shipping, container. shipping containers that are three or four stories or three or four containers high. Clearly the zombies can't climb. um, and uh coordinate off and then at the point where we enter the story and meet the main characters um some kind of war to get out has happened uh, or get people out or survive or they, they they've uh the president has decided to uh eliminate the zombie issue once and for all by dropping a nuke right. on, on on the city correct and so uh um Yes. And so what, what they, uh, so we have a timeline, we have a ticking time bomb scenario. Yeah. Uh, so you have your uh, MacGuffin is in place. Correct. Yes. So you got to, whatever happens in this film has to take place and transpire within 48 hours or whatever. Otherwise everybody gets glassed. Um, we meet our main characters, uh, all of whom I don't remember their names of. A ragtag bunch of who's who's of nobody. Yeah, and uh, but they clearly knew each other from whatever zombie wars took place before they walled off yeah. Las Vegas. Um, uh, cast includes Dave Bautista. Uh, that's uh, it. That's, that's all that's I got. That's, I got uh, Dave Bautista and and and. The prime, not ready for prime time players. Basically, yeah. I, I, um, so I think we're going to get the, we're going to get the, we're going to rip the bandaid off on this. Um, this film has a 60 something percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, uh, let me see. I'm going to find it for you. It is a reception 69% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I will give the, I would give this film a 49%. And I think that's being generous. I, I, I that is very generous. I, it's being generous. I'd, I, I'd rein this in as, as a, a, a total film. Uh, it's, it's, it's like a solid 23%. Okay. Me. So, and, and then on the averages we're talking and we'll average the two scores together and we'll go with that as a total. You said 20, 23, 23. And I say 49, uh, okay, an average score of an aggregate score of thirty six percent. I'm I'm comfortable with that. I did not. Uh, Theo Rossi was like one of the only other people that I popped up as recognition. Yeah, I uh, and and Tig Notaro, and we'll but, get into that. I recognize uh, that's definitely something to get into. Yeah. Um. But uh, oh, and Garrett Dillahunt. Yeah. I know. I know that name too. I know yeah. him from uh, from such uh, television greatness as Raising Hope. Fantastic, fantastic. Great in that Garcia. Show. Um, he was a sleeper role, as if you've ever seen the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. 
uh, with Brad Pitt and Casey. That piece is a long time ago. He has a small throwaway character that has four or five scenes. Yeah. Um, and he is fantastic in that film. Yeah. Yeah. It's he's he's got range. The dude's got yeah. range. Yeah. He's super funny. Yeah. He can be dramatic. I I, I put him in that same like box like uh uh Kenneman and uh Ben Foster. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Like uh Ben Foster and Three Ten to Yuma. Yeah, one hundred percent. That yeah, it's that is that is one of the he is one he he has a switch like he can do this or he can do that and yeah. it's it's good. Um, wasn't Ben Foster the friend in Big? No, no, no. Or is he too young for that? I think he's too young for that. He was uh on an old Disney show in the early mid nineties called Flash Forward mm-hmm. with uh. Uh, I'm spaced on her name, but she played Kaylee on Firefly. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, that's that's where he started, and then did some like teen pop movies in the late '90s. That's right. I'm thinking of Jared Rushton, ah. uh, who was. Uh, uh, it looks like uh, he was the the brother in um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the the other brother. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The other family's brother that lived on the other side of... Uh, uh, Russ's kids. Yeah, he was... Uh, that lived next door. Right. But anyway, uh, yeah, I thought that was Ben Foster for a second. Regardless. Yeah, he's, he's, a great, he's a great actor. But yeah, so you've got Ella Purnell, Omari Hardwick, Anna, Anna De La Reguera, Theo Rossi, um, Matthias Schweighofer, Hofer. Um, a, a lot of real like TV actors. Yeah, I I don't know who this Matthias is. I've never seen anything he's in. Yeah. Um, I I would argue that he was definitely um my favorite part of the show. Uh, yeah, he was he was very entertaining. He was very his character was entertaining, but yeah. again, you can't you can't have one character that. Especially if it's supposed to be like the the offbeat random character. Yeah, and there like, was like forty of them. Yeah, there was like. Well, let's start with that. All right, so these this okay. The premise premise is <clears throat> some casino owner, some rich dude, shows up to 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 find Dave Batista being a fry cook at a Bob's Big Burger or whatever you want to call it in the middle of nowhere, Nevada. Uh, says you um, used to be badass. Yeah. Hey, remember how you had this? You know badass reputation well why don't do you want to keep being a badass because in the vault of my old casino is a bunch of money uh and you should you should bring it out before they nuke this place yeah i already collected the insurance nobody's gonna know about it it's just free money sitting down here which is a full-on uh heat oh Uh, that's that's something from heat that's a story a primary storyline in heat yeah let's uh so that's 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 storyline number one we ripped off yep um uh, also, storyline number two we're ripping off is basically Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, this is Ocean's Eleven with zombies. Ocean's Eleven beats Heat with uh, zombies. With by the time we get to the end, literally no functional plot. Correct. Um, so he goes, "Sure, let me take my money, and that'll that'll you know allow me to make amends because he's got to make amends." Uh, because his family is in shambles, so he's going to make amends with his daughter. Then he goes back and recruits all his ragtag friends that help uh, get people out of Vegas uh, during the, the outbreak, yeah. including um, some random mechanic. Yeah. Don't know what her story is. Uh, Omari Hardwick is some other guy. I don't know 
what his backstory is, except for he walks around with a gas powered um, circular saw. Yeah. Um, that's his power. I uh, don't know where that's at. Um, you've got uh, really outside of uh, the the female protagonist um, and Batista and the daughter. You don't get any like exposition. No, there's of no character. Exposition. I don't like, even know what her what her deal was. Like the daughter. No, no. I mean, uh, I, get the, the, I understand the daughter. Uh, the female. Yeah. I mean, very, very lightly. But that's what I'm saying. She had like maybe about ten minutes more than anybody else. Exactly. But there was no clarification. There's no clarification. Anything. They they try to give you. Um, they tried to give you a lot of. You know what it was? You know what he tried to do? I just realized what it was. So they. So the after the after the film uh, to the film begins and the zombie escapes. You go to this very Zack Snyder opening credit scene. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Super. And what is the, is it Viva Las Vegas? Yeah. To set to set to Viva Las Vegas. And it's a, it's basically the, the intro, the, the opening credits to Watchmen. Kind of only. um, So think about it like that. Only with this, uh, a zombie thing. So you see the zombies start killing people and blah, 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 blah. And then it start it starts introducing you to these, these guys trying to get out of Vegas. Um, and that's the try to, the, how they try to do the exposition of their backstory. They try to show montage. you this montage credit scene of why or how and who. And uh, again, I was left unimpressed with uh, the the story. I didn't know what, who these people were. So right there, there's no, there's no off the bat. There's no investment in these characters. Um, I'm, I, you're invested in Batista because he's Batista. Yeah. That's really it. Like, yeah. So, Hey, I know that guy. Exactly. Um, so now, so now the story begins. Hey, let's do that. We're going to get the band back together. Um, we're going to get all this money. Let's get the band back together. And, uh, you know, we need our, we need this guy. We need this guy. We need this person. We need that person. We need And we need our pilot, uh, played by Tignataro. And we'll get there in a second. We'll get to that in a second. I'm, I'm ready. Oh my God. I'm ready. Uh, cause, cause the heat thing, uh, there's a, the heat references are coming back. Oh yeah. Um, but, uh, so they go in and then, uh, you know, obviously like the story does is, uh, the Batista's daughter decides she's going to go in as well. Yeah. So now we've got the four to, or five- to add a subplot of rescuing some random chicks that got snatched and brought into the zombie camp. Exactly. Cause she's got to get <laughs> them too. Cause we have to add another subplot that goes, there were a thousand, this was the film. This was house of a thousand subplots. Yeah. That's what this film yeah. was. Um, so so now this crew is like 20 people <laughs> and, uh, so you've got the three main people plus the dude's daughter plus uh, a rando um, person that the guy from um, sons of anarchy who yeah. is some guard in a prison camp um, that they have to come get this money plus a uh, French coyote. Yeah. Um, plus Garrett Dillahunt who is uh, working with the casino owner. Um, so we got seven plus I'm missing somebody, man. Plus Tig Nataro. Yeah. Um, so you got eight, I think. Oh, plus the, plus the German dude. Yeah. So a uh, safe cracker. You need yeah, a safe. safe cracker. Obviously you need a safe yeah. cracker to get into the vault. So you got so, at, so least we're nine. at least nine. Yeah. We're at least nine. And I think I'm missing people. Yeah. So anyway, they enter the city. Coyote lets them know that the zombies are super evolved. Um, and uh, there's some kind of hierarchy with a king and a queen. 
Um, and uh, the, the outskirts of the town is being guarded by uh, zombie tiger of Siegfried and Roy, which Garrett Dillahunt has a huge obsession with through the entire film. So you know how he dies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's let's forecast that. Yeah, so we're just going to telegraph that from the get-go. Um, so then they, they get in, and basically... People, people die, people die, people die. The, the crew gets picked off one by one by one by one as they, you know, make their way into this uh, uh, casino vault to find no money. And uh, they find out that the real reason that uh, they there, no, there was money down there. Was there money in there? There, there was money. Oh, that's right. Because he comes out with money. That's right. I forgot. Omari yeah, Hardwick yeah, comes yeah, out no, with money. They, they, they come down and there, there is money. But they find out that there was another team. They find the dead bodies of another team. Yeah, with the same with the same map, uh, with the same clothes. Are we talk, stuck in a time loop? Yeah, there was I. Uh, and then yeah. and then they they just try to like make you off on some weird sub time plot theory yeah. that has no meaning or legs. And then uh, I mean, if it, if it would if he had, if the dude had said it as a joke, yeah, and you knew it was a joke, which yeah. you, you could make the argument that that was the point. But it su- it seemed a little more sincere. Yeah, that it was like hey, it's a misdirect. Yeah, there was absolutely a misdirect, and it was not a a humor humor moment mm-hmm. to to relieve the tension of them finding people in very similar clothing and uh, uh, dead and on the same path that they are. Uh, so yeah. which yeah. which you know you don't you don't need you don't need a you don't need a a time a, a time loop theory to to point out that you know, dude has tried this. Like that's a yeah. dude has tried that before. That's the plot to Congo. Like yeah. at one point in Congo, the, the guy sends another team and they end up dying. Oh, so like, uh, and there was a team before the team. So like, this is, you don't need yeah. a time loop to realize that people are expendable to rich yeah. people. Yeah. Like that's, you can leave it at that. Yeah. You don't need to, you don't need to do that. Um, so they get there, find that there was another team only to discover that the entire purpose of the, uh, Ex- expedition expedition was to retrieve, DNA or samples of these these king or queen zombies, these hierarchies, because yeah, the, they're the basic zombies, the ones yeah, that will you know subservient, the yeah. ones that don't have like some form of like higher cognitive communication skill and mm-hmm. and uh, functional thought process. And then there's the smart zombies, and so they went to get the smart smart zombies because of course what rich people want to do with bioweapons is sell them to the military. Yeah. Uh, which they gave that away, like, oh, right at the front, like right at the beginning, oh, yeah. like after they send the guys in, like the dude is meeting with a, like a general. Yeah. Garrett Dillahunt's like, oh, I'll take care of what you need. Boss. Exactly. Uh, so it's, it's all these, it's the same tropes over and over again that we've seen in other films. Yeah. So we're, we're, and, at, we're at heat oceans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we're going to call this uh Zombie oceans in heat. Uh, <laughs> what was that last? Uh, in the Congo. In the Congo. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's you could there's noticeable there's noticeable uh, tropes from all those films. Yeah. Um. So then it becomes a mad dash to um get get out as fast as you can while we continue to lose ca- uh, lose characters lose yeah. main characters because obviously at the end of this it's just a fucking the whole point of this film is that you know that none of these people are making it out. Yeah. Who uh, who who is gonna make it? through final destination exactly oh okay yeah yeah exactly another one um so it you know so it's the main character it's batista and his daughter's mad dash towards uh getting uh to the pilot yeah to the pilot while everybody else dies around them and uh you know they get out 
um, uh, outside the contain shipping containers only to, you know, be, you know, everybody's, everybody's dead except the daughter. Everybody dies except the daughter. Everybody dies, but the daughter, right. Who is on unexplicably only like a mile and a half outside town when a, super hot radioactive wave blasts over her ass so yeah no she's probably fine yeah she's uh she watches you know they let they they crash land on the helicopter and everybody's dead except for her and just in time for to watch the fucking nuke come overhead and you know vaporize everything but she clearly lives um probably a little mutated yeah no definitely it's like fallout fallout it's like fallout now and uh so anyway uh new vegas for sure yeah you got you got follow new vegas going on now um but uh film ends um uh, with her living oh and uh homeboy before yeah, omari, uh, omari omari hardwick hardwick locked himself got got the, locked got, in the vault. got locked in the vault by the german dude um and survives the nuclear blast as well because you know that 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 is Brand, you know that safe was clearly nuclear rated yeah and somehow was able to just pop the lock from the inside after the blast and crawl his happy ass out exactly so he he escapes in the end with giant bags of cash decides to uh charter no nuclear fallout no yeah no <laughs> it must have been the lowest yield nuclear like, device ever literally like, um so he you know with no nuclear damage uh gets himself to an airport hires a private plane flashes some of that cash yeah yeah drops some of that cash and is like take me to wherever and feed me and blah 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 uh only to find out right at the right at the end that he notices a uh a bite mark on his arm uh while he's mid-flight as he heads to mexico as he heads to mexico um no where 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 the the franchise takes a sudden from dust till dawn turn exactly and then cut to credit so everybody's dead zombies are gonna be more zombies um and quentin tarantino and george clooney show up to save the day (laughs) next one will be zombies versus vampires yeah um so yeah it was uh overall a garbage film um start to finish uh, and you know i don't mean to uh, obviously i don't want to diminish the, anybody's effort uh, yeah the skills because it does require skill sets and this that and the other and there are things that um you this, know i'll say this this movie had some really fun moments mm-hmm. but all in all as a whole it was hot garbage yeah it was it was it was garbage it was it because at first i mean and we can just go down there were way too many recognizable tropes. It didn't engage me at all. Right. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't do enough to say, Hey, yes, these are super easy to recognize tropes, but don't give a fuck about this. Cause this ride is so much fun. Cause that ride was not fun. at it all. It wasn't. If the ride was fun, it would, it would have been a different like, story. You're like right. Kong, Kong versus Godzilla. Right, like, exactly. let's, like, we bypass looking at half the tropes in that because we just had a blast. I had, going a, through I had that. a great time and you could, and you could pick them out just, <clears throat> just as good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, it, let's, let's, let's hit the tig. Okay. Tig of all of it. Okay. Let's do that. So earlier I made the reference to the movie heat and one of the big conspiracy theories that can be debunked because you can find photos from the set. Uh, now, but one of the big conspiracy theories about that film is if you watch that film, you could make an argument that neither uh, that Pacino and De Niro were never in the same scene. Yeah. Okay. Um, by that, I mean, 
Um, every, every shot in which they were in the same scene, there was never a two shot. It was always either over the shoulder or, yeah. uh, you know, whatever. And you could make the argument that when Pacino was in the scene, they were using a, a body double. Yeah. Right. So this, this leads to my, to the, to my issue with the Tig Notaro thing. Originally in this film, that character played by Tig Notaro was played by Crystalia, who, uh, apparently likes himself, uh, young ladies, young, uh, younger women. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to get into ethics. Yeah. The ethics of it. My understanding, but my understanding is too, is as radioactive as he was from everything I've read. I, I'm, I'm seeing that he didn't really do anything wrong, but that's not what I'm here to judge. Yeah. Um, because that dude saved his receipts. Oh, like yeah. he, he saved the receipts to, so I, you know, oh, yeah. but it doesn't matter. It was, it was radioactive. Yeah. And so what they did is they replaced, uh, Crystalia with Tignataro. And how did they do that with a shitload of green screens and a shitload of Snyder cut, uh, re reshoots, reshoots. uh, uh, with over the shoulders and body doubles and a yep. whole bunch of other things. So every, and every time you see her in the film, playing the pilot character that was originally Crystalia. It is just her as a placeholder reading Crystalia's lines, not even in a good way. No. Uh, whether you like her as a comedian or not, I, I'm a, I am a fan, but I, I was not a fan of her in this film. I, that's because, and, and I explained it to, to Jesse like this, we were talking about it and he said he liked taking it. And I said, I did not. And I'll tell you why. And I said, it's not that, her fault. Here's no, the thing, too. No, no, it's no, not no. her fault. It's it's not absolutely not her fault yeah. at all. A hundred percent not her fault. She's fantastic. I have nothing wrong with her. Exactly. I'm a fan. Exactly. I'm not gonna like shit talk her in this. I don't like her in this because that's Crystalia's role. Right. That was written specifically for a piece of shit that needed to redeem himself. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what Crystalia is—a piece of shit that needs to redeem himself. Exactly. And I felt like it did a disservice to the entire situation to not just let it ride and take the heat and show that, hey, look, he at least is in his art acknowledging like his 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 role in life, where maybe, mm-hmm. hey, I do need to take a step and find a redemption path. Ninety percent of the lines she delivered. Like I heard his voice yeah, and I was like, just, the just, delivery would have killed, killed with him behind it, it and, and at least given some interesting performance to it. Yeah. It didn't, uh, it just didn't but work. She doesn't, and she doesn't have a despicable nature to her, which that's, is, that's which is how it. the pilot is. He's a, a scumbag. Fuck you. I'll take the job. Let's go. I don't even need to hear the rest. Fucking stacks of cash. I'm a piece of shit. Let's go do yeah, it. It just didn't. Like, it didn't seem natural. For no, her. no. It was so off character. And, and I don't mean. Yes. And I mean that in like not in a in an acting sense. I mean that it was just so off brand that it just didn't work. But you couple that to the like this this wasn't snyder this wasn't snyder cut level reshoots and green screens this was netflix gave me a deadline yeah this wasn't warner brothers you going you clearly do your see clearly see the 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 cut work so every time you saw her there was this beautiful iphone portrait mode bokeh effect behind oh, her yeah. everything was narrow depth of field uh digitally to make you to kind of um, 
to try and smudge yeah. the fact that it was completely green screened and it just didn't work and made it even more noticeable. Yeah. Um, so basically they, they did, they gave, they gave the legit heat conspiracy uh, to this and you go, man, which, it didn't look like she was in that film at all. Which is cause funny. she wasn't, which is funny. Cause I just read, uh, a not heat conspiracy or apparently a real, uh, the good wife, the Juliana Margulies show, mm-hmm. uh, her and the lady, I forgot her name. I read the article, uh, that plays her best friend in the series hated each other so much that for the last three seasons that they worked together, like the chick who played her best friend left a season early, but the last three seasons they were like, like filmed together. They were never on set together. Oh, it was all body doubles. It was and all stuff. body doubles and, and overlay shots. And, and they, and they probably wrote, uh, they probably wrote, had the writers write so that they never were in, uh, like, traveling together or sitting next to each yeah. other, always sitting across from each other yeah. or whatever. Uh, I it's yeah, I, I, I would, I would have rolled the dice with him. Yeah. I would totally, I would have left him in um, just because it, it just didn't feel, it just felt out of place. She felt out of place. Um, she didn't fit the character. No, exactly. And, and I'm, I'm all for using her and things. Fantastic. 100%. But she's great. She, she didn't fit that character. No, exactly. Um, Cause like I said, she's just not a piece of shit she doesn't have that quality of a person to think that like you could just be so selfish and so callous and so low and just only self-serving in the way that he can. Yeah. It just didn't, it didn't strike me. She didn't strike me as that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just, it was out of place. It was out of character for, um, let's see my my big note real quick yeah tell me about uh, it I, I, I mentioned this to you the other day uh the 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 big note i had to make sure i wrote down uh <laughs> the takeaway from this uh zack snyder has to stop making movies <laughs> all together now all together all together i don't have anything wrong cinematically with his capability right i think if he wants to stay in film he should transition to cinematography and a director of cinematography. <laughs> Fine. Um, as far as like directing or leading projects at, at that, that caliber, the man needs to move TV cause he can't tell a story in two hours. It's he yeah, wants, yeah, he wants right. everything to be 17 hours long, but he doesn't want to switch his format. Right. And, and trust me, I mean that, first of all, that movie with that, the army of the dead clocked in at like two and a half, almost three hours too long. And that was way too long. I can't, I couldn't have watched the a four and a half hours Snyder cut of that film. Yeah. Even if you put all that exposition back in, I, I couldn't have, I wouldn't have been able to sit through it. No. Um, and then, so I agree with that. Um, and, uh, and then the, my other complaint about it is, um, I am not a fan of gore for the sake of gore unless that's the purpose of the film, right? Don't, don't release a trailer that was one of the best trailers I've ever seen for a film. Yeah. And then, and go, okay, this like, it, like watching the trailer for this movie, I was stoked. Cause I was like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. Yeah. It gave me a, a certain vibe that it did not carry into the film. Not at all. And then it was like, Hey, every 25, 30 minutes, we're going to do one gross thing. Yeah. Why? 
Why? I, well, because it 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 felt like at some point he was trying to say, "I'm making a zombie movie," or "I'm not making this is an army of the dead." But the dead had very little to actually do with it. Right. Yeah. So every time the dead was a part of it, it was like we're gonna go over the top. With yes. This. It's like oh, the moment that would that that we do finally give it to you, we're just gonna force the the you know 15 inch mandingo dick down your throat and like then you have to try to catch your breath for like the next 40 minutes until we do it again it's assaulting it's not entertaining you're right you're right that's a perfect way to say it and and i look at it there's two examples of this that are just very blatant to me um it's the the scene where right after um batista and um the main the main girl confess their love for each other or how it could like or yeah. that she was in love with him where they never alluded to that with yeah no backstory with no whatever i'm gonna try to make you care about me like so much because in five seconds i'm gonna die right and then and then five seconds later they end up killing her um with like just dumb gruesome shit yeah and there's no reason for it yeah right that's one and the other example was the when the coyote lady finally disposes of the head of the queen zombie yeah and it falls twenty thousand stories to then just splatter into mush yeah which why why did you why did you do that why did you include that who cares at that yeah. point film's almost over like yeah. that's not even about like the movie's not about that anymore yeah like at that point in the film uh, that, like uh, that's uh, home dude's already dead yeah the tiger has already aggressively yeah. eaten his face like this is this was immediately after uh the the three main uh the they uh, they're trying to escape the city and they're on the helicopter like yeah. the helicopter has just left to take them out and the main bad zombie is still like wasting yeah, time yeah. with this bitch yeah he's like oh let me come like, get this head the helicopter is about to leave and and i know people say well that was her buying the helicopter time to leave i i don't care i don't and, care and, and if it was she failed yeah it, it well i mean yeah she failed and then the film failed yeah. at portraying that as such yeah Ugh. why why did you why did it have to splatter it, it was, was it was just a lot of unnecessary and i'm not even saying that. i like i like gore i like I, it when I, it's good I, I invincible i loved invincible and there is so much gore in mm -hmm. that and mm -hmm. and but it 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 feels like there's purpose that there's gravity and there's a reason behind it and there and 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 there's uh you know a push behind it right or if at the outset of the film the whole point was hey this is going to be a gore fest yeah right yeah like and it, so it either fits because it's part of the story yeah uh, or it fits because they hey they let you know up front this is the ride yeah you're congratulations hey. you're on the yeah you're on the get splattered you're in the ash ash versus the exactly evil dead, you're in you the know. you're in the splash zone at sea world of yeah. blood like yeah. that's where yeah. that's where you're at right and it didn't do either of those no. things um so yeah what a garbage film that was um just two and a half hours of my life that i could have found anything else to do with yeah yeah exactly um on that note i saw almost immediately after on netflix a trailer like you know the little like hey little preview watch this show whatever for uh the uh it's apparently a netflix 
prequel series yeah. to Z Nation called Black Summer. Z Nation is the is the the sci-fi channel series that they picked up uh towards the end. And then this is a prequel series called Black Summer. And uh Black Summer's Jamie King and a bunch of random people, but I'm not joking when I said that the like minute and a half little Netflix clip was better than Army of the Dead. <laughs> So this was a show that was on sci-fi Z nation Nation was. Yeah. And this is a prequel to the prequel series that they just put on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Like in 2019, 2020. Gotcha. I just, uh, happened to pop up after I watched a zombie movie. So of course, you know, Um, you like zombies. (laughs) Yeah. Right. That's how, yeah. The, the algorithm got you. Um, but it looks like there is a, what is this army of the dead lost Vegas? Yeah, there's supposed to like, be some, there's, like, there's a bunch of spin-off stuff. Spin-off stuff that's like I said, make a fucking series, Zack Snyder. Don't be an idiot. Why do you need seventeen different spin-off movies to tell a story? He doesn't. Exactly. No, just make a series, especially if you're on Netflix. Hey, let me give you an Army of the Dead three season series. We'll cap that with a cool ass movie that'll spin off into another two series. Uh, why do we have to tell you how to do production? Like, where is uh like Kevin Feige or J.J. Abrams like in 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 your life? Where is somebody? Yeah, where is like, that person? Where is that person that goes, "Hey, bro. Oh, wait, those people aren't there because you're kind of a you know self-driven dick. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's your way or no way, and you can't take the advice of others, and therefore you're in the pit you're in. Right. So according to this, uh, according to uh, the Wikipedia, this Wikipedia article on Zack Snyder too, apparently um, the film uh, uh, Army of the Dead was, um, I didn't notice this in the credits, but apparently he was his own cinematographer on the film. So he directed and DP'd it uh, as well as this was his first film that he shot digitally. And boy, can you tell? Oh yeah. Like the fact, see, and that's crazy to me because the fact that, um, the fact that none of the um, Snyder Superman films or the Justice League film were shot digitally. Oh, he shot most of that in between IMAX and, and classic film. Yeah, that's like, that's crazy to me. I would have thought that he wouldn't do that. And so it is really interesting that when you transition over from film to digital, you can tell. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, like, I'm not going to be the person I, that, I, like, I, if you I film mean, on red or whatever, listen, I get it. I, you can, it's, it's, it doesn't it's, matter to me. It's a different format. And anytime you experiment with a format as a, as a human being, like your first time out is not going to be the same and right. it's not going to be your best effort. And that's why you hire a, a, a quality DP exactly. who understands the difference and what, and, and, and can work he with the Pete Batista. Right. And, and, and a, a quality director of photography can understand the, the, div, the differences and limitations of the medium you're using and also work with, um, all the other production design people sets props lighting um, to say, Hey, here's the limitations of this. And when we, if we light this way, we'll have issues. So we want to light it this way. And then we want to make sure that the clothes are, you know, have these colors or when we, yeah. when we costume and they look like this and when the buildings look like this and the sets look like that. Yeah. Um, all to allow the maximum cinematic cinematic um, gravitas that the format allows. Yeah. Right or to get the most out of the format. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think, I think him doing it himself uh, was a limitation. It was absolutely. Uh, uh, so I don't know what his next projects are. Uh, I don't really care. I might 
I might go upstairs and fucking watch Watchmen again tonight. Who knows? Um, because I, I'll go to the well on Snyder films, but I won't, uh, I'll put you on something else. Um, I'll entertain cool. you in other ways. Lovely. Um, all right. So now that we got that out of the way, what, uh, <clears throat> what else do you got? Just a quick, quick news note. I can drop in. That's, that's just a fun one. Uh, we've got, uh, a horror director picking up a classic horror franchise and bringing us, uh, uh, I'm I'm excited, actually excited, to see where uh, Rob Zombie takes the monsters. I heard about that. I did hear about that. That's so, that'll be so, good. So the man of Dracula fame, you know, gets <laughs> to finally play with the Dracula on screen. I get creepy and and kooky and you know. I have a I have a sense that what he will do is, I I feel like he'll 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 give it the the comedic the comedic nods it needs um and balance that against the horror elements um you know he'll probably make he'll probably reel it up a little bit i think he'll definitely add some like like real gruesome to it yeah. like you know this is house of a thousand corpses guy like we're we're mm-hmm. gonna get like an edge that zombie edge, edge. thank the you zombie yeah, he'll, edge he'll give you the things. edge yeah um, it'll, it'll have, yeah, it'll have, but I rock. think there'll be a lot of respect to the, the original. The original. Con- yeah. I, yeah. I agree. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that. Um, because the thing at the end of the day is like, if you turn the monsters into a horror film, it's not going to work. I won't, no. I won't like it because I, I've, I watch them. I watch the monsters on Nick at night all the time. Like yeah. you, that and the Adams family. I think that what, um, which, which is very, uh, son and Sonnenfeld, yeah. Barry Sonnenfeld did with the Adams family was perfect. Absolutely. That's that, that is going, all right, here's this, here's this weirdness, uh, and then balance it against, yeah. uh, you know, keep keeping it tongue in cheek. Yeah. And I think that if he strikes that, uh, that balance between edgy and tongue in cheek. Oh, I think, I think, I think I mean, the monsters didn't kill people that came no. by and for fuck's sake, like their one daughter was normal and they were, yeah. they were all the dudes wanted a banger. Yeah. So yeah. probably. You think Sherry Moon will be cast as that character? <laughs> Mar- Marilyn. 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 Yeah. yeah. Marilyn Munster. Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, I think, I think, I think he knows he's, he's a lifelong fan and I think he will do it with respect and, and, uh, we'll, we'll have a fun ass thing to enjoy. I'll agree with that. I, I, I don't, I don't see him, uh, not making something I would enjoy. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Right, and if we want to just do, well, we can do, we can do these, these news quick cuts too. Uh, I have a few of those. Um, yep. So interesting casting uh, coming out um, or that I, a piece of news that I saw. So they're doing, they're in pre, I guess they're in pre-production for John Wick four. Uh, yeah. Uh, I heard something about that. They haven't started filming yet. Uh, Cause I think Keanu's still filming or finishing up um, matrix, 4. matrix four, which yeah. is filming here. Right. I believe so. Yeah. Um, but uh, John Wick Four is in pre-production, and they just added Donnie Yen to the cast. Donnie Yen's the shit. I fucking love Donnie Yen, and so that just makes me very excited for John Wick Four. Yeah. Um, they haven't explained what the character is or anything. I just know that he's he's he was so good in in the Ip Man series is good. Yeah. But he was just so good in Rogue One. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good in Rogue One. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's hard. I, I have, I have the, the utmost respect for any actor who comes to an English speaking project 
with English being their second language and being able to capture English speaking nuance. Oh, a hundred percent. I like anybody who does that, I think is fantastic. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating to me because I, it was, it's been fascinating to me ever since I watched an episode of modern family. Um, and the, what's her name? Sophia Vergara. There's a, there's a, she has a, a throwaway line where she goes, <clears throat> it's, that's easy for, something to the effect of where it's easy for you to say, I have to think in another language. Yeah. And I, that, that's such a, that that's stuck with me ever since I heard that like a decade ago. Yeah. It was like an early season of oh, the yeah. show. I think, yeah, I think uh, I just, I, in the last month or so, like it's a, a, one of the background sitcoms yeah. I'll throw on. And I, I think I saw that one. Yeah, exactly. And I was, I've never thought of it like that before yeah. where it's like, I have to actually stop thinking the way I've, I know how to think and think differently. Oh no. And I, I see it. I, I see it too. Cause, uh, my girlfriend is a uh, Mexican and uh, French and Portuguese, and uh, she's gonna kill me because I, I just popped it off the top of my head. Um, but she's got uh, a bunch of different Latin, mm-hmm. and uh, so she will speak to her uh, grandma in Spanish. Her grandma speaks only in Spanish, and mm-hmm. she'll she's been working on getting back to like, she can conversationally speak, but like when she wants to have a conversation, she still has to stop and think about how she wants to say it. And then think how, how she needs to, how it needs to translate to be understood properly in Spanish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Because it's, because it's, it's, it's more than just, you know, changing words from one way to another. There's, a whole grammatical shift, you know, the mm-hmm. way that uh, they put subjects after and different things. It's, it's a whole different, you know, yeah. concept of language. Yeah. But I, I, I enjoy Donnie N any chance I can get to see him in, in something. I, I think he's tremendously underused. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do with that and what his character is. Um, I saw that uh, uh, Eli Roth Mm-hmm. is is going to be directing um a a borderlands movie oh yeah based on the borderlands yeah. video game yeah and uh so if if that didn't sound weird enough um oh, no, border, I'm, on, I'm on board for that. borderlands directed by eli roth the, the film stars kate blanchett jack black and kevin hart amongst others so that is a very yeah uh, but uh you know who jack black is playing no uh if if i believe i remember correctly uh jack black is going to be playing our favorite uh obnoxious little robot claptrap yes i do, that is correct and so i saw that I, yeah. that's, a, that's a fitting casting uh kate blanchett uh you know throw a little gravity in there but you know oh, yeah, she well. can have fun we saw hella in thor dark world or thor ragnarok you know and you said kevin hart kevin hart uh, amongst others there's others i just oh, yeah. those are the, the three the three huge names huge names yeah but uh, yeah, that's a that's a that's a crazy dynamic cast, uh, especially with, for uh, a horror director like Eli Roth. Um, so that'll be interesting. I'll, I can't. I, I'm excited to see what he does with that. Yeah. Um, what else? I think that's all the the yeah. It's all the stuff I had. In terms I, of I sent you a trailer the other day. Did oh you yes, you did. Uh, yes, you did. Let's talk about that real quick too, because that falls into this perfectly. Uh, uh, Stu sent me the trailer. Uh, for masters of the universe revelation. 
Um, and this is the a new He-Man uh, f- uh, TV series coming to Netflix. Netflix. And this is going to be show ran by an executive produced by Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. I yeah. think he wrote it as well. Uh, he is one of the writers. One yes. of the writers. Yeah. Um, and so the trailer was fantastic. Um, it was, uh, it was, it kept a very eighties vibe while modernizing, uh, animation styles and things like that. Yeah. Um, I did, uh, I saw, I saw modern animated versions of characters that I, and action figures I had, um, stayed, uh, I like how they were updated, but stayed true to the original. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't go wild with design redesigns. They, they, they did some slightly modernized updates, but, Mm -hmm. but but it was mostly in the animation style rather than in the the design. design. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it looks good. Uh, I was impressed with it. I'm trying to find a, uh, trying to add the, uh, article up here. So the, 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 uh, the, the build to the, uh, song at the end. Yeah. So, uh, and, and that was funny too. That was, so this is the other thing I, uh, I enjoy about what Kevin Smith can do is he, um, he took this trailer and knew that it was an eighties thing. It was a pure, it's a pure eighties cartoon. I grew up watching it. Um, and then he set the, he set the car, the trailer to holding out for a hero by Bonnie Tyler. So if you're an eighties junkie, the song you'll, you'll remember this song. Obviously the first time you would have heard this song was in the tractor race in the movie footloose. Uh, yes, that is the, that is the, uh, the tractor race song and it appears on that soundtrack. But then, um, I think it was paramount in the late eighties and early nineties used it for one of their promo reels. I remember, I remember very vividly buying, um, several films on on VHS. Yeah. Uh, the Jack Ryan trilogy all in widescreen. You had to special order it. Um, Congo, uh, the untouchables. Um, but, uh, I had all these films on VHS in the early nineties and at the beginning of each one, Paramount had this, uh, um, kind of a demo reel of all the films, Top Gun, the Jack Ryan films, uh, days of thunder, Oh, yeah. Untouchables, and it, but it was all set to that song. Oh yeah, uh, so that song uh, has uh, has been around for a while. I've been using a lot of things. So he set the entire Kevin Smith set the entire trailer to this song. Yeah, and it it just worked. It, it worked. Well. It, it really did. It was very funny. Uh, it made me laugh. So you've got uh, in terms of the cast on this thing, you got Mark Hamill yeah. as the big get playing Skeletor. Yeah, uh, but uh, you got Chris Wood, Lena Headley. Harley Quinn Smith, of course. Of course. Uh, Alan Oppenheimer, who is an old school voice guy. Alan Oppenheimer was Skeletor. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, hey, let's get the original Skeletor in here. And we're going to give his voice a rest and give him a, another character to have fun with. But uh, I mean, dude is uh, 91. Exactly. So I, I get it. Yeah, let's give him a small. We're not going to put, put the work on his back to uh, stretch out that. Skeletor, but yeah, his, his vocal work goes back and I mean, his, his work in general goes back like $6 million man and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, you also got, uh, let's see, Sarah Michelle Geller, uh, all lending their voices to this, uh, to this, uh, this show, Chris Wood being, uh, taking on the role of, uh, from the vampire diaries, 
taking on the role uh, of and, uh, and Supergirl. Oh, Supergirl. Sorry, yes, Supergirl. Um, taking on the role of Prince Adam slash He Man. Yeah. Uh, Mark Hamill as Skeletor. Sarah Michelle Gellar as Tila. Um, uh, Mer- Merman's a Merman. Sorry, a Merman. I believe is uh, uh, Kevin Conroy. Uh, let me see. Merman, Kevin Conroy. Yep. That's, that's our Batman. As, yep. Oh, as, that's as, right. As Merman. Um, Kevin Michael Richardson. Another uh, voice legend. Exactly. Uh, but you got uh, Stephen Root, yeah. Alicia Silverstone, Dietrich Bader. Uh, again, um, legends. Henry Rollins. Triclops, Henry Rollins. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Jason Mewes. Yeah. Stinkor. That's great. Justin Long. These are all, and these are people that, I mean, obviously Kevin Smith's worked with in the past too. Yeah. Uh, Phil Lamar, who has transitioned off of Mad TV into a total career of voice, voice acting. Voice, voice goddam. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, really, really to get to Phil's level uh, that that Phil is in, in voice acting, there's, there's legitimately like less than a dozen of those human beings on the planet that do the, the, the level of voice work that he does. Oh, 100%. And, uh, and this is the second, this will be a, a second animated project that Kevin Smith has worked with Phil Lamar on because, uh, uh, if for those of you who, uh, remember a, a little show called clerks, the animated series, from, yeah. it, it, it lasted, I believe two episodes aired, three episodes aired, but they did six. And did six and I aired two. Yeah. And so Phil Lamar was, uh, was one of the voices on that. Um, but the cast looks good. The animation looks good. I'm, I'm stoked for it. Um, Orko looks like a badass. Orko, uh, which is, uh, being played by Griffin Newman, who was, was the Arthur in the, the new tick, in, in the new tick, which was phenomenal and did not get enough love. I agree. Uh, I Peter Serafinowicz absolutely. Peter Serafinowicz is the greatest. He's the greatest of all time. I I was I was like, it was one of those that I'm. I was like, I'm going to give it a chance. I'll give it a chance. And by the end of the first episode, I was like, Peter Serafinowicz is the tick. Yeah, his his. I love his voice. He, yeah. he, he, with his British accent or you know whatever, it's well, yeah. it's great. Um, but anyway, this looks like it's going to be really good. I'm very excited for it. Um. I think let's see it releases on uh July 23rd with a five part five episode first part. Yeah. So we'll that'll be the, very good. The, the second part probably close to the end of the year beginning of next year. Yes. Um but it looks like uh yeah, created by Kevin Smith, written, he's one of the writers and uh he'll pr- I I believe he serves as like showrunner yeah. if that's a, a way to say it. Yeah. Um, but all, all of our favorites are back. Cringer and battle cat, evil Lynn, King yeah. Randor. I watched a, Sorceress. a really interesting, uh, uh, documentary about he man on Netflix or Hulu the other mm. day. And it was, uh, about like the creation of, of the, the concept. Wasn't it, to, wasn't it basically a toy toys in search of a, like to sell children. And it was, it was, it was, uh, a toy company in search of a toy line. Right. That's what it was. Yeah, exactly. And, and they were trying to do a Conan esque. Right. And they needed this, this thing and that thing. And, Oh, well, Hey, we had a bunch of tigers left over from this molding process thing. So we're going to slap some armor on it and call it battle cat Battle cat, and make him ride it. 
Um, so, so it was a fantastic, uh, uh, you know, let's, let's just kind of hem haw some parts together and make a, a functional line. Right. It was a, it was a function over concept and the concept came after. And now that concept has developed into a, a second generation. Well, third generation series that we're going to get, that's going to continue the series from, you know, yeah, and I think that I think it has uh, every uh, every I have every anticipation of of this carrying on and even better. Uh, my brother sent me a photo like because I sent him the trailer because we we had the, we were all all in on He Man as kids. Oh yeah, same. And he sent me a picture of the uh, they these because you know how like retro toys are now the thing. Oh yeah, like they're mass producing retro toys. He oh, sent yeah. me a, a a picture of I think he was at Walmart or wherever and the ret- <sighs> these they've new release retro he-man action figures and he even he was like dude you can tell just by looking at them that they're not as cool as the ones we had as kids and i was like that's disappointing it is but uh, i mean you know uh there's a lot of the the plastic material the things have changed over the years and and then uh notably one of the biggest uh changes in the history of he-man is the uh the logo in his chest yeah it didn't used to be just an iron cross it was yeah it was but then you have the issue of how do we celebrate a blonde-haired blue-eyed self-proclaimed master of the universe with an iron cross on his chest oh god i mean i get it it's it's it's, i I get it it's a legitimate argument i understand the idea that they even think that they'd have to have that conversation but only because there's there's a million bloggers ready to write x has a blank problem yeah exactly and Uh, so well i mean and they've they've done it before in previous iterations uh where you know they've uh changed changed the emblem on his chest to the current like weird squiggle thing (laughs) whatever i don't don't know h whatever m thing it's supposed to be yeah um not an iron cross but uh they did is what it is i get it uh mattel did figures for the series that came out about 10 15 years ago they made a series for cartoon network i believe uh, masters of the universe had updated designs and they tried to you know do a new thing with it but the action figures that came out with it they did make a chase variant of He-Man with the Iron Cross. Oh, okay. And so uh, I was working in stores at the time, and I was like, "Yep, I got to get the old school." <laughs> that actually reminds me. I you, you, when you said that, I'm I'm going to the uh, I'm going to the photo that my brother took and sent me real quick because I want to see what the uh, emblem looks like because it's uh, retro. It is. So, but I, I guarantee you, they're going to roll to the future logo, which was on the the master's line when they could, when you could roll, do you remember you could roll his chest and it would? Yes. 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 I do remember that. Yeah. So there was the logo from that side. Well, I will tell you that they went with, they went completely retro on these new ones and left it an iron cross Fantastic. on the ones my brother found. Uh, and then even in the artwork. Yeah. But even like I had Cringer and Battle Cat and I look at this one and I even know that it's oh. it's not even as good. Oh no, no. The no, no, the no. Cringer and Battle Cat I had was longer and sleeker. It was longer, sleek it fuzzy. Yep. 
It was fuzzy. Um, but that one is, uh, it's kind of short and stubby and fat and a little taller. Uh, Um, the, the head sculpt, uh, is similar, but, uh, clearly different. The, the hair being a separate piece. Uh, yeah, there's, there's some good, yeah, you could go on eBay and and get like an original set for, you know, something, but, uh, yeah, you could tell. You could tell. I mean, there's a lot of single mold pieces back in the day that are multi-piece molds here, and it's it's more about the aesthetic of looking like an old retro figure, right? I think with than, and, than modeling and off and of exactly. I, yeah, and I would even argue that it's it's not it's less even about the the action figure itself looking retro as the packaging. Yeah, like that's what they wanted because yeah. that's they like they're like. You will remember this. Yeah, you look at the packaging. You're not really going to care too much about the the figure. It's close enough, and you're probably just going to hang the whole box on the wall after your friend gives it to you. I love the use of the exclamation points. By the way, there's so they're like it's a, it says Skeletor like on the packaging. Yeah, Masters of the Universe, Skeletor, Evil Lord of Destruction! Exclamation point. Oh yeah. And then on the He-Man one, most powerful man in the universe, exclamation point. That's that's eighties of shit though. And the, yeah, oh yeah, one hundred percent. But it's just tiny underneath their names. Yeah. But it's still it's still like powerful. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm very excited for this show. Um. And uh, I'm so glad that you found that trailer and sent it to me. Oh yeah. Um. All right. Uh, oh, and one other we forgot one other uh, casting Man at Arms. The ever crucial Man at Arms is played by Liam Cunningham. Oh, fantastic! Uh, the Onion Knight. Yeah, and uh, if yeah, uh, Davos from um, Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, yeah and, and, and uh, amongst other things, he's got a long career too. A prominent Irish actor, uh, Safe House, Centurion. Uh, anyway, um, but yeah, it's, it's really well cast. I'm very excited for it. Uh, we got some. We got some. Uh, I got some. A couple of WWE things. Okay. And I got a couple of Marvel things before we get to Loki. Okay. Um, but that, but I do want to talk about one thing while we're still on the Netflix topic. Okay. Cause this could be a good transition into, um, it. I saw this trailer for a new show on Netflix called sweet tooth. It's a fantastic time to transition. I haven't watched it yet. I finished it, but uh, I figure it's a great transition into comic booky stuff with you, um, because so this is a this is a live action version of a Vertigo comic, which is a DC property. It it was Vertigo has since shut down right. and become DC Black Label. But, Thank you. Uh, yeah, we've talked about that before. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, Vertigo uh, labeled for a long time. Sweet Tooth Jeff Lemire, uh, artist writer for a long forty plus issue run and then uh has done some spinoff series uh interesting concept of of things uh there's a a a pandemic uh kind of uh appropriate uh pandemic (laughs) outbreak Uh, a lot of people get sick uh they don't they're not super clear about a lot of people dying because of it they insinuate uh, that it has a, a mass casualty uh, effect. Uh, there are swaths of the population that are, you know, immune or don't have issues with it. But then there's a, a, a whole 
segment of you know survivors that now are like kind of you feel the same way that we're in the world now if you somebody's showing symptoms that you know they just want to burn your house down and get you off the map like let's let's clear the plague and just get back to normal life right um but uh they a mystery that abound as as quickly as the plague arrived uh as did the uh arrival of hybrid babies yeah, animal human hybrids. Animal human hybrid babies. I saw the pictures on the internet of all the animal hybrid babies. Yeah. And everybody's fawning over, no pun intended. Yeah. Everybody's fawning over how cute these animal yeah. hybrid babies are. Yeah. Getting us ready for the great whatever. Yeah, the the, <laughs> the chimeras. The, the chimeras of, <laughs> of, of the world. Uh yeah. Uh but uh lulling yeah. us into a false Lulled sense of security yeah, yeah this is the part of the podcast where we become infowars yes our our tinfoil hats are yeah. securely strapped on getting us ready uh, for the chimeras the human the human animal hybrids yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you got your vaccine be ready you're yeah. uh, you're magnetic now you're magnetic and you have uh you're gonna have some some hybrid chimera babies Hi- hybrid chimera babies don't have, don't tell me about what they're doing to the frogs uh but uh yeah, so you get in the journey real kind of quick uh, by being introduced sweetly to the protagonist of the series, Gus. Yes, who a is a little boy with a little boy with the antlers and some deer ears, um, and he lives quietly in the woods with uh, his his pubba, um, uh, who is fantastically played by Will Forte. Love Will Forte. Uh, in every facet that you would imagine that Will Forte just excels. Uh, he uh, And in all the pictures I've seen of Will Forte so far for the show, he basically looks like Daniel. He looks like Harry Potter with a beard. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just the, the way they styled his hair and the glasses and, and stuff. I mean, Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe could have played the role easily uh <laughs> absolutely but the 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 forte-ness of it all uh is is very appreciated um, uh and then uh circumstances lead to gus having to strike out on his own in the world and navigate a world where hybrids are uh taken and experimented on or just outright killed for being different like you do uh, like you do chimera babies why you know hey that little pig girl is uh you know kind of smart and sweet but you know she's a pig girl so she's got to get chopped up and studied yep um and they you know they have a nice uh a villain that comes in that's you know the the creepy scientist doctor general bad guy and then uh and and you're on an adventure and it's a it's a sweet and and fun and uh you know uh, the first season kind of escalates to to the all right we understand the world that we're in we understand like the parameters of of a lot of these characters and 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 now we're ready for the adventure to go like so they they do they do a good job of 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 uh building some love and then uh getting you ready for more cool and it's a good it's good huh it's 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 really good it's eight episodes it's easy to watch um you know you know get a few minutes in uh all the acting and it is is top quality it's got that uh 
Downey Jr. money behind it. Yeah, yeah. It's, Apparently, he's moving into into the producing well, realm, and well, it's 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 partially him. It's I believe more of his uh, wife was yeah uh, her him and her like producing partners right producing partners and i believe that this was a a a project she probably brought to his attention susan susan Susan, yeah yeah i believe uh just from 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 the crediting and and how things uh fare in it i i I feel like this was a, a susan project that she was very passionate about and got old hubs to join along and uh you know put some of that marvel money behind a dc film yeah absolutely and i have a, I have a sense too that the, uh just it's it's more about his ability to bundle yeah. um i mean i'm sure it's i'm sure it's partially his money but his ability to get oh, other people well, just that that name being right. attached and absolutely yeah so that's their they've they've got uh team downey productions which is their their production company which is brand new ish um, but, uh, so far uh, their films are Doolittle yeah. and the forthcoming Sherlock Holmes three, yeah. but also the Perry Mason show on HBO, yeah. which was fantastic yeah. and, and has been renewed for a second season. No one knows when they're going to start filming. They said sometime end of this year. I'm sure. Cause pandemic, Cause but it was, it was a show that carried me through the pandemic or at least yeah. the first, uh, the first, first chunk, 10 weeks of it. Um, and then the sweet tooth show. And then they looks like there's a show called Sphere that they're producing, which I hope is based on the um, the, the movie. Michael Crichton, yeah. The, yeah, the Michael Crichton book for HBO. But we'll see. But uh, yeah, I mean, so so yeah. Instead of jumping, uh, diving back into the Snyder catalog, you should uh, sweep an episode or two of Sweet Tooth. Yeah, tonight. I think I think I will. I think I will. It's a it's 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 a fun watch, and uh, it's it's cute for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I, I see it. I, 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 cause, you know, like, I have to purposely go find stuff to watch at this point, just because work and life and all that. And so I'll see it on my Apple TV as part of the um, when you go to the TV app because all the different apps are connected. Yeah. And I'll see it and be like, oh, I need to remember to to watch that, but I never end up clicking on it. I yeah. gotta gotta be forced to do it. I'll tell you what I have been doing though. This is going to sound dumb, but, uh, just for the, like you were talking about, like the background sitcoms that I can just not pay attention to, but have something on, I can ignore, uh, Pluto TV, um, which is a free streaming platform. Uh, you can get it on, it comes on all new stuff. Yeah. On everything now, like you can get it on any, any platform, but if you've got a brand new or a newer smart TV, um, uh, that's at least a decade old, uh, cause the, our TV is about seven years old i think regardless you know the smart tvs with the apps you yeah. can find it there which is where i found it yeah and uh apparently they've they've they have an on-demand uh yeah option now it yeah. used to just be this weird live tv and now there's on demand and uh i have discovered that pluto tv's on demand is the only place on the internet to find every season of three's company ah uh, so they, uh, pluto tv has uh some some gems yeah uh, I have found uh, several series on Pluto TV that uh, surprised me. They have the entire Men in Black animated series, mm. which was phenomenal. Okay. Uh, to me, it it in storytelling bridges the gap of feeling between like Men in Black two and three. Oh, okay. Like when you watch three, it feels kind of out of place as far as like tonally and how the film was like 
right like done i'll give you that yeah absolutely. Uh, but it it plays like a long form episode of the series cool so if you have that that yeah kinda, you kind of like, you kind of you bridge that gap with yeah. the series and it makes a lot more sense yeah going. it kind of feels like like that that movie fits in a lot more okay yeah but uh so that's what i've that's when whenever uh, whenever I've had a little downtime or needed something on in the background, because the other thing is in terms of watching stuff, because I, I, I look at watching things like sweet tooth or when I watch Lucifer or when I watch uh, Loki, that's that specific that that has a dual purpose. That's yeah. for my entertainment, but it's something I need to pay attention to because I want to discuss it here. Yeah. Whereas um, if it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm trying to wind down because I've had a long day, that's not the time I want to watch Falcon and winter soldier. No, that's the time when I just need to, I want to play uh candy crush variant games on my phone. And I've been playing my uh, girlfriend got me a switch. So yeah, I've man. got my switch out and uh, we've been trying to rattle through discovery plus so we can, you know, get rid of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like a, just, just knock all the things. Let's we watch all watch the things out. and then go. Yeah. Uh, appreciate it for the time and then, mm-hmm. and then move on. Um, yeah. and we stumbled onto a uh, body cam, which the only way that I can explain this show, uh, you, there's a certain generation that will understand it and the way that I explain it and you fit into the demographic so I can explain it to you functionally. <laughs> it's rescue nine one one meets cops. okay oh my god that's i appreciate that you yeah that's i remember that okay that's uh so 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 you know how like rescue 911 had the recreations always the combined with the real life phone call right yes yes yes. right with the 911 audio yeah absolutely all right so now imagine a recreation like you know the all the players involved going back and remembering their experience and then you get the real body cam footage and it's called body cam it's called body cam you it, it's literally and there's some wild humans are fucking crazy yes we are we're a we're a weird species we're, we're a weird species there are some weird human beings and some weird motivations and some weird situations uh, I don't a hundred percent always agree with how things play out, but uh, sure, yeah. There's 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 going to be a few that are like uh, uh, that was tough, but uh, there's there's some that are just like I right, then all right. How have I not heard of this show? Because apparently it's been on since 2018. Yeah, there's a few seasons. I figure you would you would probably the fact you said show. Rescue 911. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that in forever. Shiner Classic. Oh my. god gosh uh, um but yeah i uh i'm gonna i'm probably gonna go upstairs and watch that now yeah sorry um, I, had, I had to throw a, a monkey wrench that's, that's, sweet yeah, tooth, exactly. but, but, because again that's something i can watch but also ignore yeah and i don't have to be too into invested. because i again we don't have to tell yeah. i don't i can be surface level on, yeah. on that kind yeah. of stuff but yeah i i i i don't know where i got the itch to be like where's three's company i don't know what what switch flipped it to i but i get that itch with wings every once in a while yeah man uh yeah i get that itch with wings i yep. just have to go back and check in on the nantucket airport on, the, on, the, on lowell and lowell and, and joe uh, and that's right and uh Faye and uh, helen roy helen and is it antonio antonio yeah. and brian brian it was a that was a good show that was a um that was produced by 
Um, one of the guys that produced that show, I believe he also produced Frasier uh, and he was killed on, he was in one of the planes that hit the, uh, uh, the towers in nine 11. Yeah. Um, which when I, when I, over Christmas, when I rewatched all of Frasier, yeah. which is a crazy show to watch in terms of, cause it's, it goes from 92 yeah. or 93 up to 2004. So the show Damn. is pre-internet. Yeah. Post-internet, post pre-9/11, post-9/11, and so for a sh- I I don't I can't recall another show that that ran in that window in that window, and so it's crazy to watch cell phones become a thing, and yeah. then watching cell phones become a different thing, yeah, and then watching the internet become a thing from dial-up to, to the internet the, being the a thing. thing, yeah, yeah, and uh, and then um, I do remember one specific episode of. I was, I think it was the first episode after, after nine 11, um, in the 2001 season where, um, I think the show opens up with, uh, I, it's either Niles or Frazier playing on the piano, playing the, 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 the theme from yeah. wings when it opens well, as, a, as they, a little nod to, <clears throat> they're in the same universe. Yeah. Yeah. Fra- that too. Frazier has been to Nantucket. That's right. And, yes. and, and, uh, they're in the cheers universe. I guess, in the yeah. cheers universe. Yeah. Um, but, but because they had the same producer, they, they, Peter, yeah. Peter Engel or Casey, yeah. Kay Engel and Casey, yeah. I think is what it was. And one of them, one of them was killed on nine 11. But yeah, I remember that. Um, I saw that over the, over Christmas. That was really interesting to do. It was a very cute nod. Yeah. Um, and that, that theme song is, is an actual classical music piece. And I just can't remember what it's called. Yeah. Um, but he's playing it and it could have been, you could argue that it's convenient. It, uh, it's just convenience yeah. because it's there. He plays classical music, but I think that it was done on purpose. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, but yeah, I, but, uh, I, the funny thing is I forgot, uh, with three's company, like the show is definitely forgettable um, in terms of storylines. There's no special stories. There's no anything that I can remember that'd be like, yeah, it's like that one episode of three's company, you know, it, it is not the office. It's not parks and rec. It right. doesn't create memorable like arcs of characters. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a pure mindless entertainment. Correct. Um, it's basically John Ritter doing um, Pratt falls. Yeah. Um, for, 23 minutes but, but the, the legend John Ritter. yeah no he is and that's the other thing i noticed about watching the show and i don't mean to derail but I, th- I just found this interesting and i don't have a lot of people to talk to about this what i've also noticed about john ritter is especially in three's company there are there are lines and delivery that he gives in that show that are very ryan reynolds-esque i can see that it's crazy like there are, there are facial expressions. There's deliveries where you go, man, you could have Ryan Reynolds say this exact same thing the way he said it and it would be no different. So yeah, if they ever did a, a tongue in cheek, uh, there's a uh, 21 jump street movie version of three's company. Ryan Reynolds should play Jack. I mean, I mean, he's probably too old now, but he, he is definitely, uh, it would be very tongue in cheek to have him as a Jack type playing the, uh, the Roper. There you go. That's it. That's, yeah. how, that's how you, Mr. Roper. That. That's good. That is a, 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 you know, former kind of womanizing, kind of funny, but somebody who doesn't understand the situation that's going on. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. 
Um, but anyway, that's, that's, that's kind of, that's a long winded way to explain that. Like I have to, I, I need to, when I watch things that we talk about, like it's, you know, I'm sure a lot of people or you or even the listeners would be like, well, why isn't he watching these things? If he has all this time to watch his other stuff. And it's like, no, you got to understand. I need to set aside time because yeah, it's there's, show, there's, there's, in my there's head, focus it's show time. Yeah. There's focus time. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent the same way. There's like, uh, it's, it's, there's, there's shows that, you know, like my girlfriend likes to talk, you know, Hey, let me tell you about this. Or yeah, this, relate, or this. Your general relationship, yeah, shit. general relationship yeah, shit. shit. You're chatting and there's shows that I'm totally like a hundred percent, like, well, we can talk through it. It's whatever. We can literally talk through we this. We can yeah. talk through it. It's fine. Um, and then there's shows that like the, like you said, the shows on that we talk about on here and whatnot that, you know, I'll slide my hand over and pause the TV and just be like, all right, continue what you need to say. Yep. yep. Like I have to, I have, and... I have to dedicate time to this so we can, we can, I'd rather engage in this conversation for a minute and then go back to focusing. Right. You know? Exactly. And, and, you know, unfortunately with, you know, on my side with the kids and everything, it's, you know. I don't get to start focusing until eight thirty nine o'clock. Right. And then at that point it's all right. It's three's company. Time. All right. I'm, t- I'm tired. My brain is not focusable. Exactly. Um, which I mean, that's the other thing like today, today I had to watch Loki during the day. Yeah. Um, and that's, so that's the other thing. Like, can I set aside and I can, but I, I don't, I don't, you know, I can't do that every day cause I've got work shit to do, yeah. but can I, can I set aside time? So from like, from, from like six o'clock to when you got here, yeah. I was like, how long is this show? And I was like, do I have time? When will he be here? I was like, Oh, it's 50 minutes, but there's like 10 of it is credits. Cool. Let's roll. I can yeah. get the, I can bang this out. After I can, work. I can slip this in. Exactly. And so that's basically what I did today. But, um, I did mine before work. Yes. And, uh, so with a good transition perfectly on that, um, let's talk about, uh, the, uh, Loki and Marvel in general, uh, I do have one thing before we get into Loki um, that I thought was interesting. Uh, I read an article that was interviewing, um, I believe he's the writer of the uh, Doctor Strange 2 yeah. film, which, so this year we will have, we have, we had WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, and we'll have Black Widow and Doctor Strange 2. Or is that wrong? It's Spider-Man. Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man. Doctor Strange 2 is next year. Yeah. Gosh, I keep getting those mixed up. Anyway, so we've got the, those five pro- products um, coming out this year, and uh, but um, one. Th- but I was reading about uh, an interview with the author, the writer of Doctor Strange Two, uh, which I was, I was sending you those screenshots from Screen Rant. Yeah, and I was like, man, I don't, I don't understand how these people have real jobs because uh, they were like, uh, there. One of the headlines was something to the effect of. Um, how we know that there will be a, the multiverse will make an appearance in uh, Dr. Strange two. And I, uh, and like in the first, that that's the headline. And then the first sentence is, you know, filming for Dr. Strange two in the multiverse of madness. madness. And so I took screenshots and would highlight where it says, and the multiverse of madness and just send them to Stu and be like, I don't, this is how, this is how you know arrow that's how you know yeah the title of the show i can't can't tell you how many screen rant articles i've read that were literally kevin smith thinks that this is this is this and this is about to happen in the marvel universe and it's like dude he was talking shit on his podcast and he said before that hey wait for the article to come out you know this is like pure speculation and nonsense but Mm -hmm. you know somebody's gonna latch onto it because i have a voice and i have some kind of prominence so they think i know 
Yeah. And he's like, I don't, you know, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's, uh, um, uh, but anyway, he, uh, he described the, uh, what he just, des- the way he described, I found this description very interesting and I wanted to run a bio and let you know, let me know what you think. But the way he said he wrote the Dr. Strange character for Dr. Strange two, he described it in the, this, his role in this film as Anthony Bourdain meets Indiana Jones. And I'll be honest, I like that description of a character. I do. I don't know because I don't know enough about. I don't, I don't see that a a Dr. Strange wrapped up in that. I don't know how you do, but. But uh, I I do. I I find that concept interesting. Yeah. Intriguing. and, And I mean, you could argue, you could. You could argue that in terms of the, and you, you, you have to also find to, you, you, this is again, the problem with these kinds of statements is does he mean the character or does he mean the story? Does he mean that the, the story takes the character like Indiana Jones, you know, in my head, what he's describing is like when you watch Raiders of the Lost Ark and he gets his mission and it's the plane on the map with the air, with the line going yeah. from here to here. And then from here to here, And so is it that, you know, we started in wherever in Illinois and now we're in, or we um, started in universe six, one, six, and we hop the line over to, to this thing. Exactly. Or is it, uh, just more of the concept of, uh, an academic, uh, thrust into adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's it too. You know, right? Uh, you look at it. Indiana Jones, Anthony Bourdain, both you know academics. You know, guys mm. who who spent years studying uh, and and you know building their their knowledge in their field, and then both who were thrust into situations that took them all over the world. Right. Exactly. And uh, yeah. So <coughs> is it, it could be any of those things, and I think any. But again, are you describing so? And, and where, you know, where I go, oh, well, that doesn't, I don't know where Dr. Strange himself as a character fits into that is, was the writer describing the character himself or the adventure yeah. or the, the, yeah, the general tone the, the, of the, yeah. what the film is going to be. But uh, listen, if that, if there, if, if he finds a way to put those two things together and then, and, and it's a great film, like I said, I mean, Sam Raimi's great director. I love everything about what's going to be happening. The fact ben, that this ben is going to be, yeah. You know. Benedict Cumberbatch, mm, delicious. Um, but uh, and then you add to it the fact that you know they're describing it as more of a horror film. Makes uh, me they, happy. They announced the villain. I don't recall off the top of my head, but it's one of those uh, uh, Lovecraftian uh, monsters of the uh, '60s era. Strange. Oh, cool stories. Okay. So, cool. Real ooga booga world. Third world multi-god kind of yeah i'm into it so i'm really into it yeah i mean it's to be honest that's no different than the dormammu shit if you think about it i mean i and and with uh thor ragnarok opening the tongue-in-cheek door Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like like well no i take it back ant-man opening the tongue Ant-Man really did i'll give you that but ant-man opens the tongue tongue-in-cheek door but Ragnarok kicked it off the hinges. Well, it, and, and you, what you do, what you have to remember is, or the way you, in my head, the way you separate those is the, the Thor, the Thor's the franchise, the first two were, were so heavy. Yeah. 
and 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 the and the comic relief and the the tongue and cheekness uh, really came from a couple of characters whereas uh and and then ant-man from the from the jump was meant to be funny yeah. rather than serious yeah so you can sit there and go okay these are two different things this was funny from the jump this was um this was serious and then made a right turn into goofy yeah which is which i think was a great direction to go it was but as i'm saying that i think that blew the door off 100 to allow more you know uh like i don't know why but i have a very like with raimi in charge i feel a very army of darkness clash of the titans kind of mm-hmm. you know view uh, to the approach to this sure you know there's going to be like a little hokier edge to some of it oh yeah i have no well, doubt there'll be yes there'll there'll be a <laughs> lot of that because you know and that's the thing about a guy like sam raimi is he definitely doesn't take himself too seriously right like he yeah. he he appreciates the horror but it's not necessarily about terror right exactly so it's 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 yeah it's good clean you know good clean horror exactly so um i'll I'll find that interesting but um or i find that interesting and and you know well i i have no doubt that the, the project will be good regardless i mean yeah you've got you've got a lot of good things going for it so it'll be good um but let's get into loki real quick speaking yeah. of the multiverse so so where uh our consideration of the multiverse uh I guess first first starts in in WandaVision. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, then they uh you know kind of just say, "All right, well, here's here's step 2 and we're going to show you that there's a lot more than the multiverse going on in the MCU." Exactly. And uh we join in a really fun little flashback intro to to the series. We jump straight into the the scene from Endgame, right? Where, uh, where Loki uh, gets his hand on the Tesseract thanks to Hulk, Hulk and yeah. uh, disappears. Um, which uh, he ap- appears somewhere else, ends up being detained by these uh, time t- time cops. Time cops. Not uh, yeah. Jean Claude Van Damme shows up and uh, arrests him. No, I'm kidding. Uh, that would have been that would have been, been, been a very great. Uh, fucking brilliant but yeah these time you know he shows he appears at wherever somewhere else time cops show up grab him and then from then on it's non-stop um a non-stop uh trip to hell what looks like bureaucratic hell bureaucratic hell but um, um pure pure comedy oh 100 it was fantastic so loki finds himself uh in this uh this tva time uh variance authority variance authority which is um, amusing the, to me because I previously lived in uh, East Tennessee, which is entirely run by the Tennessee Valley Authority. Oh, the Tennessee Valley Authority. That's good. So every time you hear TVA, it's every that. time I see TVA or the TVA on the prison suits, or I'm just like, man, poor uh, waterway workers. That's right. Um, so he finds himself a prisoner of the TVA for uh, divert for for um, varying from his. Uh, pre uh described time a pre-prescribed timeline we find that there are these mythical beings called uh timekeepers who are in who are entrusted the tva with making sure that time the approved timeline flows the way it's supposed to flow 
what whatever universe as as it's mentioned no no matter no matter the universe the the direction of time follows its path right so a lot of lot of forward nation shit yeah. was what we're talking about. Yeah. So no matter what, you have a you have a predetermined path in time, and any variation from it, just like in Endgame, yeah. um, when they talked about the the uh, Infinity Stones being removed from the the, uh, the, timeline. the timeline, could cause all these fract you know these fractions in the time. And, so you got to go put them back. Yeah. So you got to put them back, which um, they they also allude to in the episode, but. Um, Anyway, so their job is to, to that entire scene. That was great. Like that entire scene was uh like such a simple but profound way. Correct. To to stamp the uh the the authority, the the prompt the the what's the word I'm looking for? The I mean the the, the, the providence of, yeah. of like if if you're gonna be like, hey, show me your credentials or like, you know, like flick that power on for me flex. Like if you want to flex to show the, the gravitas of the situation you're in, fuck if that wasn't it. That was great. Oh, Hey, we have uh, you have infinity stones here. Oh yeah. A lot of guys uh, use them on their desk as paperweights. Yep. Well, some of the guys, <laughs> some of the guys. Um, so yeah, you, you, you end up, uh, so Loki ends up at this TVA to be judged for his, uh, to be tried and judged by, for breaking the the laws of time yeah. uh, unbeknownst to him because yeah. no one knew that this TVA existed. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, you know, you, you, he, when he gets this whole TVA is it's, it's funny because the production design is so great because it. It's, it's all our, uh, mid-century modern. Yeah. It's all mid-century modern mad men bureaucracy stuff, like the computers, the, the screens, the, the, you know, I think, uh, I, I'm pretty sure they're using something that looks like an eight track player, like yeah, a, a desktop eight track player. Very, very mad men meets catch me if you can. Very. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, but, and they do that, obviously they do that on purpose to give you a, they, they enhance that bureaucratic nonsense feel. Yeah. Right. Um, so all the, all the you know, wood paneling on the walls was such a good touch. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, so he goes through the process of being, uh, arrested and processed and judged and, uh, it, the, you know, messed he, with and dropped through yeah, this room to that room starting to, to figure out that he's not <clears throat> in control. None of his powers work. The Tesseract doesn't work. Yeah. Um, the Tesseract is detained as evidence and it's for his trial. Um, or entered into evidence at his trial. Um, and before he is judged and uh, he, Owen Wilson arrives uh, because he's been investigating. Um, he's been investigating a, a variant who has been wiping out some of his teams. Right. Yeah. So the, and, these variants are people who have strayed from their timelines and are now traveling uh, or causing changes. And normally what will happen is, um, as is the case with Loki, a TVA. Is, uh, these agents will show up, remove the variant to the TVA and reset the timeline, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it looks really weird when we actually get to see what those timeline reset grenades do. Yeah. Um, and, and you kind of have a half glimpse in the very beginning when they snatch Loki. Yeah. But they don't really give you the, 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 the notion of what it does. Yeah. It's, and it's the tease. 
it's a, it's yeah, it basically the, 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 this, this, whatever reset charge they use, they prime it and they walk away. And I hear, I think I heard one of them say, like they basically are clipping that branch where the variation happened. Uh, yeah, I think essentially for the, everything it backtracks from the moment that the variant showed up. It would have to like, and they don't show you this. We're, the, we're, yeah, we're the, hypothesizing yeah, what this will look yeah, like. On no, film. Yeah. They just are like, they click a button and, and teleport through their door back to their, right. Time. You never see it, but this is what we're uh, hypothesizing. It, so yeah, it, I believe at that point it just, yeah, like you said, goes back to that segment, clips the timeline and then allows it to flow, flow forward as again, it, yeah. as it should. So, uh, Owen Wilson shows up, um, takes possession of Loki, sets him in a room, shows him his, uh, shows him what his destiny was prior to the, the variants. Yeah. His variants, um, shows him scenes from, uh, uh, Thor, the dark world and, um, end game and Thor Ragnarok uh-huh. and kind of shows him, uh, which I had questions about how they were going to address, address, the fact because they do do that like when because it takes <clears> place the Loki that the Loki of this show is the Loki at the end of the first Avengers movie yes the, so none of the things that had happened to him in the subsequent movies had yeah, happened yet yeah this is the Loki that just got his ass handed after the Battle of New York right this is glorious purpose Loki yes which is the name of the episode yeah um and they show him what his timeline would have been and so my i was i was curious how they were going to get to from this point to the yeah. end game loki how, how without do, how do we give him a conscious without yeah how do we how do we show us, how do we smoosh that gap back down yeah. so that we can get him from where he is in end, avengers 1 to end, avengers end game what is the deus ex machina exactly and this is what it is it's this eight track machine that shows him the death of his uh, the death of his mother, the respect of his brother, uh, the death of his father. The, yeah, exactly. And, and them, you know, him and Thor fighting side by side. Um, and, uh, you know, he, but he, through all of this, he, uh, attempts, it attempts to affect an escape. Uh, and at one point he wants to get the Tesseract so he can use it to leave. And when he goes to the evidence room, the guy, the evidence clerk opens the drawer where they keep everything, which is funny to me that that just is like a teacher's desk. It did did like a little rolling teacher's desk. Yeah. And he opens the door or opens uh, the drawer and you know, he looks around in this drawer of just knickknacks and sees like three or four sets of infinity stones along with the Tesseract in there. And, and I'm sure I, I, I didn't pause it and take a deeper look, but I'm sure probably half a dozen other like Marvel trinkets. Oh, I have no of, doubt there's of, Easter of, eggs in there. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's at that moment that he realizes that, uh, that the TVA and the timekeepers, uh, operate at a power level greater than infinity stones, because if infinity stones don't work in the TVA and they don't mean anything yeah, to the TVA, if, if they, they don't mean anything, they're trinkets, um, they're baubles. They're baubles. <laughs> they're paperweights. Exactly. And the, the the clerk makes the comment that some of them some of them are being used as paperweights on their desks. Um, the the uh, clerk who is played by Eugene Cordero. Uh, I know that name. He is hilarious. He is on uh, Tacoma FD. That's right. Okay. He is a, a really funny dude, and it's a fantastic role for yeah, him. Yeah, it's very good. It's very good. Um, 
So, on, on on the point of Owen Wilson, yeah, uh, which I, so this yeah, real quick too uh, to go to the production design thing. Yeah. I think that that production design choice of that super mid century modern Wes Anderson feel, yeah, I th- I think that was a deliberate choice too, given the casting. Well, I mean, I think it was I think it was before they casted Owen Wilson. Yeah, I think this was the idea they had. Yeah, because it makes sense. Like, yeah, how I, how how bureaucratic nightmare. But but who's the best person to usher this in? Right, and so once I think they got the Owen Wilson casting, yeah, then they I think they dialed up yeah, the production the, design to give it more of a Wes Anderson yeah, production design 100%, feel. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, yeah, uh, and it does, it does, and not in any negative way. No, it, no, 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 and a hundred percent. I I don't want to say it is. I feel like it is. Uh, because it's such an Owen Wilson line mm-hmm. uh, when he looks up to the judge and he says, why am I always looking up to you? I don't know. I like it though. It works or whatever. I, I, I just feel like it's an ad lib and uh, sets the tone for that character mm-hmm. as kind of a, a, you know, I'm, I'm stuck in this bureaucratic nightmare too, but I, I I'm the fun guy. Right. I'm I'm the guy that's out for your best interest. We're gonna we're gonna navigate the red tape. I'm gonna show you where you can slide under here and there, and we're gonna we're gonna have a good time with this, right? You know. Um. So yeah, I think I think Owen Wilson is is a scene a scene stealer. Um. He he's so he's so down downplayed. Yeah. I think the way he there is some there's Owen Wilsonness to him. Yeah. But I I it's it's a role where I think he's really embraced the role. Yeah. Oh, um, 100%. It's not Owen Wilson being Owen Wilson. Right. It's, it's it is Agent Mobius. Mobius, yeah. That is Which is funny because the Mobius strip is how they yeah. how uh, Stark envisioned how time travel works. Yeah. Uh which is a great little I again, this is probably yeah. a real character somewhere along the lines, but yeah, I thought that was a clever um, not as well, yeah. but, um, he's, he's, he fits very well. I, seeing, seeing him with the gray hair. And I mean, I'm sure that's not natural. I mean, he's only 50, but with the mustache and the gray hair, it's, I'm it's, sure there's some to degree. Yeah. But he's, it's a, he's, it's a, a, he's, a, he's a Sandy blonde anyway. So yeah, it's a good look. It's he's, I, I like, I like how soft spoken he is. Yeah. Um, and, uh, how everything, the 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 his delivery is as if nothing surprises him ever no not in a not in a cocky way not in a, i knew that was going to yeah. happen just in a i've seen this all before yeah same same shit different day but yeah. not in a i'm sick of it kind of way yeah. no, not in just, a i'm too old for this shit yeah not no definitely not a and he well time moves differently for me yeah, exactly so like he's chill about it because you know he has he has a very uh uh pragmatic like fifth dimension view of it correct yeah that's you the know. way that's exactly a great way to say it um so anyway we he is loki is shown all these things attempts his escape realizes that he's really kind of powerless um and then um decides to uh be um vulnerable with owen wilson's character and that's when owen wilson decides to let him in on the uh, the secret is that the reason he has um, rescued him from his judgment is to help him track down the person attacking all of his uh, the TVA agents the, uh, the in villain. time the villain of the of the series which is apparently uh, another variant of himself 
Yes. Which is another another variant Loki. Yeah. Which is a great this is so this is Loki having to think like Loki to find him. It's almost it's almost Silence of the Lambs esque. Almost. If you think about it. It is. Um real quick before we jump into that, uh I do have to throw out my favorite like in Owen Wilson going through the the best of Loki. Uh the Loki is DB Cooper. The DB Cooper thing was so great. The, so the, great. I lost a bet to Thor and I had to go to Earth and fuck with some people. And and DB Cooper is the outlier of this. Exactly. Is the is what happens. Is, yeah. Yeah. Is the outcome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, the, the fact that he yeah. He has to what? He hijacks a plane. Hijacks a plane. Uh and claims then, to have a bomb. Yeah. Uh, and then parachutes that because that's what they think happened. Yeah, like yeah. they, they never. No, the, 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 he never. They never. They had like the, twenty they, different suspects that they thought could have been it. Everything that happened up to the point that he jumped out of the plane is what happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now the the the, the Marvel the flirting, the flirting with the steward, the, the Loki the, Marvel aspect is you know hey brother heimdall you you better be ready yeah and which he, is great because that 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 there's that that by doing that that's like such a great narrative thing to do because you could basically go oh any of this weird shit that happened on earth could have been loki at one point yeah, exactly that's so great oh yeah it, it just opens the door uh for a lot of things but uh it just gives you that an answer to a mystery that people want in a way that makes it fun that you can tie to a lot of other stories. Exactly. You know, you could, you could just make that series. You can, well, you anything get subsequently is just that yeah. it could be, it could be quantum leap shit where they're, yeah. where that's the, that's yeah. the thing. Um, he's jumping from, from timeline to timeline and putting right what once went wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I've been aching for a time, uh, a quantum uh, leap reboot. reboot. Mm-hmm. If they did it with Loki, I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've, I'm very engrossed in this, uh, um, in this first episode and, and I'll tell you what, this is, this is a, I'll be honest. This is a very good change of pace from the other two shows. Falcon and winter soldier was just so intense. Uh, yeah. And then conversely, um, WandaVision was so emotional. It was. And, um, and, and it was, uh, and we talked about that before it's, it was, it's, it was emotionally and draining, um, because they were, it was a sensory overload show. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you won't go from that to, um, uh, action, a, a very, very heavy thematically heavy Them- show thematically and action. And, you know, the, 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 the weight of of everyone's decisions right like it's uh, yeah so this is a much needed we're we're back into something that feels a little more normal yeah something um, and it's it, it, i think the release time i think disney moving it up was it was a, definitely a good idea a, a intentional and a good idea absolutely uh, like not just to gap fill things but hey this is going to be like just the right uh tone right that that needs to be hit. I agree. I agree. And this this will lead us into Black Widow at the end of the summer. Yeah. And then into Spider-Man at the end of the year, which uh, this is this is good. Now I'm 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 in. I'm all in on this on this show more than I was in on any, any of the others. Um uh, I was I was sold on both the others. 
but this is the first one that like I had to watch it as fast as I had to watch it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was not even the purpose of this show. Yeah. You know, it, no, was, it was it was just the general excitement and interest right in, in that show i i have and i i will say i have that now now that i've watched the first episode obviously to watch i watching the first episode was yeah paramount to do the to do that to for doing this but i agree that now i've got i've i have a vested interest in watching this for personal enjoyment beyond this, yeah i'm, I'm actually awesome. excited that they've flipped it to wednesdays mm-hmm. that's that's so, unique as so, well so that it's a nice like midweek like like I'm not waiting till Friday and then I have like, you know, I know I have a busy weekend. So, you know, I may catch a time to watch it in the weekend, you know, a Wednesday. Oh, you know, I don't have to do anything first thing Wednesday morning or mm. like Wednesday afternoon. I got a few hours I can kill. I would argue that that midweek spot, that Wednesday spot. And, and I, I'd have to I'd have to do some research on uh, which would be a great a great thing to do research on and talk about on a future episode is, uh, you know, the purpose or like the, the, the theories behind how television was programmed and what nights were what, and you know, yeah. whatever I, I know that Monday nights were always drama nights for uh network television. My, yeah. Um, Thursday nights usually were comedy Thursdays, Fridays. Um, yeah. Fridays, TGIF um, Fridays. And, and I'll say this Fridays are programmed around audiences they know are going to be home right you know school you're done with school you're done with work for the weekend order a pizza take you know whatever and the families are going to be home yeah what families your your family programming for the families that are going to be home you're programming for you know older folks who don't want to go out um you're programming for you know some younger folks who can't go out and uh that's this micro window so friday's always been a tough schedule and uh they don't treat shows on friday very well right um but uh which was weird for what was abc or cbs's or was it nbc that did the tgif abc abc and i mean that was one of the only blocks that really was successful it was it was like the powerhouse of friday like network shows yeah because it was full house and it was um Uh, home improvement home improvement uh dinosaurs dinosaurs. um yeah uh family matters family matters yep yeah 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 it was it was it was uh yeah you're right powerhouse it was i i would argue that there was no other network trying to do anything on a friday night because there's no point no ratings domination no they 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 every network either showed you know that's where dramas you know they they kept their cop dramas or their Boy meets world uh, yeah i mean tgif had a, a phenomenal uh run for its era and uh yeah so then it tv tv demographics all the way especially with streaming now all of that's changed it it definitely has, but it's interesting to see. Um, it's definitely interesting to see Disney play with that, because um, there because at the end of the day, there is something to that. You could you you could make that work. Like you could make some of those spef- those those things about. Um, uh, I just lost my train of thought. You, some of those the, the 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 psychology of why they programmed the way they did. You could you could probably still use. 
but I, I again I find it interesting the the Wednesday thing I like I like the idea of a hump day uh uh you know something to look forward to as the, on the downtrend of the of the week uh weekends are always busy like you said um so it makes a lot of sense I mean it's kind of how uh, to to segue into wrestling real quick before we get oh, to I, the end. Real quick, I did have a question. Uh, I had one one more thought about uh, Loki. Go for it. Um, and, well, it's more of a question. Do you think that Loki is setting up the addition of Kang the Conqueror into the MCU? Because I don't know if you caught it, whether by looking at the cast or whatever, but that judge is Ravona Raven, blah, 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 whatever her character is. Ravona, yeah. the uh, Kang's, uh, Kang the Conqueror in that. Yeah. In those. So that's Ravona. Yeah. So by her introduction, do you think that they might be setting up that? Uh, I have heard rumbles of, of a Kang the Conqueror MCU assurance in the future, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be at the behest of the series or... Uh, it's going to be a revelation of guardians three or interesting. If it's yeah. a revelation of, you know, uh, Dr. Strange too, you know, uh, is, is, is King coming from another multiverse where he's already conquered and he's trying to conquer our universe. Well, is, I actually have the answer to that. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I just looked him up. Uh, Jonathan majors will portray King, the conqueror in an upcoming, in the upcoming live action MCU film, Ant-Man and the wasp quantum mania. Uh, see, there you go. Yeah. That answers that. I didn't even look that up. Ant-Man um, and the wasp quantum mania, and, which uh, probably could be a series. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, uh, let's see, um, Jonathan majors is the, is one of the, uh, main stars of love Lovecraft country on HBO. Uh, I still need to catch it. I haven't, yeah, I haven't watched I've it. Heard it's phenomenal, but, but, uh, I mean, it's at least we see that, uh, you know, you've got, uh, um, you've got the Ravona character, which is good that there's a connection there. So you'll have Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, and then real quick to tie all of that together into one beautiful bow. Uh, the, my most, my, the, the, um, the, uh, my exposure to the character of Kang. Yeah. is very limited. Cause obviously we know that I am, I'm an amateur nerd, but uh, my exposure to Kang comes in the form of uh, a, a video game. I like to play on the Nintendo switch called Lego, Marvel superheroes two, Yeah. In which the storyline of this game is, uh, that Kang has melded all these worlds into one, uh, all these comic book worlds into one map. Uh, so Sakaar, Asgard, um, Xandar, Manhattan, the noir version of Manhattan. Yeah. Um, Hydra, the Hydra empire, Hala, all these, all these, and you do all your, you know, to get a hundred percent on the game, you do all the little missions and whatever, and all these different, whatever, and unlock all the characters. But Kang, uh, has, is now the ruler of this, uh, um, citizens of, what is it called? Citizens of Chronopolis. Uh, he's, and, but he's got these announcements that he makes throughout the game where he's constantly asking about or talking to Ravona and uh or making really funny announcements yeah uh but uh, uh this is where it ties all into a nice little neat bow 
Kang, Kang the Conqueror is voiced by Peter Serafinowicz. Peter Serafinowicz in the game, oh, which is great. So anyway, I'm excited uh, for the series. Yeah, but let's, a, uh, most of my exposure to Kang, uh, I've read bits and pieces throughout the history. Not a huge amount. Uh, was really uh, in the Young Avengers series. Okay, uh, there was uh, a, a, that series followed. Uh, uh, Wiccan, who we saw mm-hmm. in WandaVision, yep. uh, Billy, uh, and then Hawkeye, uh, uh, Hawkeye's daughter, and then uh, Cassie Lang, Cassie Lang as uh, like giant girl, and then uh, they had uh, Hulkling, who was a uh, a scroll that oh, uh, okay. that uh, would shape shift to like a Hulk like uh guy and then uh iron lad and then eli was uh they called him patriot and uh we've been introduced to him in falcon and winter soldier right right he's uh uh the grandson of the first black captain america right eli eli yeah and we met him then and uh so uh eli is patriot and then uh iron lad is what they called the other one. And he's this young, uh, guy with this high tech Iron Man esque suit. And it's eventually through the first arc of the series revealed that Iron Lad is, uh, a young King, the conqueror who, uh, was sent back, taken out of time from himself and sent back to, uh, start an eroding process of the Avengers so that, you know, when time time Mm -hmm. time comes, he could come in and strike as King, the conqueror from the future. Right. Oh shit. Real quick too. Um, have you watched any of this Modak TV show on, uh, I've, I've just a few, few like minutes of, of it. Very silly, very funny. Uh, it was a background show for, like an afternoon of doing something. That's what I feel like it's going to be like. I, I, I think it's, it's, con- it, yeah. I don't I think, think it's, it's, I, think I don't think it's a fun. deep dive anything. I think it's just a goofy bunch of silliness that's wrapped up in a fun thing. Yeah. They're basically like, Hey, let's do robot chicken, but with Modoc. Yeah. It very much, okay. very much, uh, uh, MCU Modoc, but robot chicken right with Pat and Oswald I yeah. guess doing the Modoc. Yeah. yeah all right cool I just wasn't sure I'll, I'll, I'll probably do it that way it's, a, it's a, just a fun you know turn your brain off have a good time copy that not a deep diver all right so let's get into the last little the, la- the last little bit of wrestling news trend quick transition yeah quick i sorry that's a rough cut or that's a, uh, a, that's a, a hard smash turn. cut that's smash, a that's a smash cut to that's wwe a, that's a that's a, a circa 2001 smackdown set fist through the wall <laughs> right. uh, uh level transition uh there's a lot of things going on with the wwe um there's s- always a lot well i mean in just in wrestling in general because yes. um uh i texted you last week and read that uh or at the end of the week before, because uh, WWE parted ways with like seven or ten uh, yeah, they're stars. Cl- clearing house. Yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting. It uh, some of the names that they have let go, and uh, some of the names that they're holding on to, 
and uh yeah yeah um what did i text you i said uh you see some of these names braun Strowman, alistair black uh, lana uh what is that murphy Buddy Those Murphy, yeah. Uh, Ruby Riot and Santana Garrett. Yeah. Santana oh. Garrett was a NXT, not a huge amount of time in and out injuries. Uh, solid, but, you know, not a huge surprise. Uh, Ruby Riot, huge surprise just because, you know, she's solid in their women's division. And uh, they just, I just don't think they knew what to do with her. And, uh, they'd already broken up the riot squad and screwed up women's tag team, you know, title division and all that. So they just, you know, Hey, we don't know what to do. We're going to save some money. Let's just let you go. Um, Braun Strowman was kind of surprising. Uh, they've done a lot to push him lately, uh, kind of get him back in step. But I feel like, uh, Vince is getting very disposable with his big men. He uh, doesn't see the long-term investment in them anymore. He, you're never going to see another big show, right? Uh, where or, or or Kane or an Undertaker where he hangs on to a big man for more than you know ten years, five five years. Uh, and if they don't take off to the caliber that he expects, then just expect them to go on because uh, not, not for nothing. They're 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 a liability. Uh, they're they're a bigger frame. They come with uh the uh a lot of added like body stress. They can't mm-hmm. do a lot of the same bumps that other guys can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they you know definitely aren't gonna take you know a a hell in a cell bump and get back up and be there Monday night like you know Shawn Michaels would have back in the day, uh or Jeff Hardy. Uh, you know. There's there's a lot more mass of those men uh, to to take abuse and uh, yeah just the wear and tear on knees and joints and everything else mm-hmm. you know they don't last as long right uh, historically speaking the big men um, yeah I mean it's it's what like you know you think about like Andre the Giant uh, what were they saying like he was just chronically in pain oh yeah chronically in pain which is part of his alcoholism. Absolutely. And I mean, I just, uh, finished watching the, uh, the first two episodes of this season of dark side of the ring where they talk about, Mm -hmm. uh, Brian Pillman and it's the same thing. Once you get on a level where pain comes in and you're trying to, you know, moderate pain and still perform, uh, you're, you're pretty much done, you know, and, and bronze already had a history of, of, uh, you know, uh, physical injuries and, and things he's had to step away and come back from. And he leaned out though, right? He leaned out quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was a professional bodybuilder before he was like a, like a professional weightlifter. So like he was, he was mass without tone or definition or yeah, more like a strong man. He was a strong strong man man guys. Yeah. Yeah, He was definitely a strong, they're just, they're just large without, being ripped yeah but you know that they're strong yeah they're strong but they also look thick yeah 
But then I, I feel like the last, when I saw the announcement, like the pictures of him, he looked like he looked they, like a, a competing bodybuilder. He had just shaved his head. He had, I mean, he's been cutting weight. He's yeah. toning up. He's, I mean, he's he's looking mean. the The biggest issue I've heard uh, post release for him is the early inquiries from any of the other companies uh, that have you know fished a line out in any direction. Uh, he's just asking obscene money. Oof. And uh, and and you know he. He clearly sees worth in himself and uh, he's going to have to make a decision on, you know, where he sees that worth. Like right. if he's going to keep it in this industry or if he's going to take time away and try to do other things and make a name for himself and come back um, or if he's just done with wrestling, you know, if he's going to try to take on some of the worst half borns you know giant mm-hmm. guy roles in in hollywood right you yeah. know hey Which i'm pretty he, sure there's plenty of giant guys right now yeah hey. plenty of giant guys to choose from yeah yeah and they're both and a lot of those giant guys are both uh large already and then also large stars to begin yeah with, so yeah so it's gonna be a tough tough move and he's gonna he'll figure out we'll see where he lands uh Speaking- buddy buddy murphy and alistair black were uh much needed releases. We spoke before about how wasted they were on WWE television. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is literally going to end up anywhere else and be successful. Be wasted, um, yeah. uh, wherever he goes, whether he ends up in NWA impact, AEW, AEW. uh, new, new Japan, Japan, uh, wherever he goes, Alistair black. Uh, I've heard, uh, there's already some release remorse. Oh really? Uh, there's uh, definitely some uh, members of of the creative that uh, are a little frustrated that he was on the block and that they were working a new program with him and they were literally putting new vignettes out and uh, uh, they were putting him in a new direction and they're like he didn't even really have a chance, right? And they're like, and he's good, so let us actually get it get the chance to let that play out, but. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, we got 90 days to see what happens with any of them. Uh, that's standard fare. That's yeah. how we uh, got our recent AEW acquisition yeah, through, I was gonna through, s- through through their 90 days. Um, well, I was going to say, yeah, the Bleach Report three days ago said that yeah, he's expected to, Aleister Black's expected to sign with AEW. Yeah. But we'll see where that goes. But I mean, I, 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 for him... I 100% expect him to do something like go sign with AEW and then immediately jump into a feud with Darby Allen. Oh, okay. Like that's that's uh, or 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 jump in as as somebody who takes the 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 role as a new exalted one in the dark order. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who uh takes takes a role quick and heavy, you know. I don't think he's going to come in and just, they're just going to be like, Oh, Hey, you know? Right. I mean, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to move with him. They're going to, they're, they're going to push quick. Right. It makes sense. Um, but also to your point, speaking of other, uh, speaking of other big men, uh, you know, and AEW, uh, acquisitions, the, the newest, uh, the world's strongest, the man. world's strongest man, sexual chocolate, Mark Henry, who, uh, for the record, is 
the sweetest man. He's a sweet human being. He is. I, I was fortunate enough to sit behind him on a flight from Austin to Dallas. Yeah. Uh, no, from, I was, no, I was going to Austin. Did I fly from Dallas? Or did I fly through it from Atlanta to, anyway, he is unmistakable. Oh. So when he walked on the plane, I was like, holy shit, that's Mark Henry. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was, he was headed to, he was headed to Austin. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'll find you. I was, I, I, I did the whole fan fangirl thing. Um, and asked him, uh, asked him for a photo. But anyway, um, I, uh, so you, you saw his, um, I saw his, uh, his, uh, moment of debut i guess mm-hmm. you want to say yeah the clip from double or nothing when he uh they made the announcement that he was joining a broadcast team and the 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 overall team of AEW, which is awesome which i feel like he's probably going to go in the same capacity of big show he's gonna come in and work uh on uh dynamite or dynamite elevation or dynamite dark dynamite dark elevation whatever they call those shows Mm -hmm. on youtube um and be one of the commentators on there and he's going to uh take his time and help some guys get over and then when the right story comes in and the right moment happens you know he'll hop up and he'll hop in the ring and, and have a moment you know, I don't think we'll see him lace up full time, but we'll definitely see, you know, great, great match spots where, mm-hmm. you know, Mark Henry has has a, a battle versus somebody, you know, all of the era attitude era where Jerry the King Lawler would mm-hmm. pop up and defend Jim Ross and hop into a battle and and the old retired king would come out and show his medal. You know, I, right. feel, I feel like that's going to kind of be a role for that. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's a rare photo of me without the beard. Without the beard. Different looking man. Oh yeah. I can't believe I look like that at one point. I should just do a face swap with the with the beard and then no one will know that this photo exists ever again. Just Photoshop in the beard. Exactly. I could do it. Yeah. Um yeah, I think it's a good uh I think it's a good addition um to the uh to the team, I, 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 you know, every time we record and we talk about AEW and their new signings and what they're doing, I just, I, I I'm constantly impressed and amazed and, and, and think it's awesome what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, the, the way they're cultivating talent, the way they're, they're, um, using talent, the way they're, uh, engaging their audiences, even during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, I'm constantly impressed. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I think coming out of this pandemic era, uh, getting their audience back, uh, being able to travel around and do live shows again, uh, they've held on for this last year and succeeded in ways that people didn't imagine them succeeding. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the return of that, that, you know, traveling circus atmosphere that, that belongs in that, you know, form of entertainment, uh, coming back to them and them getting that, the, 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 the true crowd pops and the reactions from the crowd to, to sell the work that they've been, 
you know, doing a great job of selling anyways. Mm. But, you know, when you have 25,000 people that, you know, buy a moment, you know, they get worked by, worked by the guys in the ring the right way to elicit the response that they want. It's, it's, that's magic. That's why we watch it. You know, it's, it's, it's the, 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 the meme reaction of when Undertaker's streak was broken by Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you pan to the crowd and see the utter shock and disbelief that that just happened, like that thing that you never expected, you know, that moment where this guy actually won or this guy actually like, you know, uh, didn't kick out, you know, like those, those moments, that's the high drama that, that keep you wanting to come back and watch, pro wrestling like be interested and invested in it you want to let yourself get sold you know right you can you can be a smart mark as they call it and <laughs> know know all the the background and the behind the scenes and the uh rhetoric you want you can watch every news news sheet and and uh uh, Dark Side of the Ring expose and and read uh, Dave Meltzer's wrestling newsletter uh, Observer whatever every week and and be that guy, but deep in your heart you still want to be sold right. You still want you want to believe you want to feel that same moment the first time that you watched. Mm-hmm. You still want to get that. Ooh, they they did it. They got me. They got me with that that moment. They hooked me. They brought me in. They made believe this was gonna happen, and then they flipped it. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. No, it's it's definitely exciting, and uh, I'm I'm uh they they've got a lot of acquisitions and talent and good things moving for them, and it's only exciting. And uh, I uh, I can't wait for this like crowd movement and things to happen to where it's regular enough again to where we can actually plan us yeah, you know, yeah make, going make, doing going go, going and catching a live show that would be great That'd it's, be so it's great. been it's been years since i've seen a live show and uh i mean over a decade yeah. i think uh, and the last one i watched was a an old Monday night raw when, uh, Shawn Michaels was on one of his farewell tours, <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, yeah, I would love nothing more than to do it again. Yeah. Last one I did was 2016, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was good though. I had a good time. I love it. Yeah. Um, but cool. Um, all right. Well, we're, we've been going a while. What, uh, what parting, uh, what parting things you got? What are you, what are you geeking out on right now? Or is there anything, anything that's piquing your interest? Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming down the line eventually. Uh, nothing surging. I did, uh, finally start, uh, watching Bad Batch on Disney. Ah, Plus, yeah. Bad Batch. Star Wars. Um, great click up straight from clone wars uh it does it does that picks up right from the end of order 66 okay so it's like at the end of clone wars when they're you know this is the end of the clone wars and the empire is here and the empire's moved forward this is like so what do we do with these clones Gotcha. We got stone stormtroopers. We're just going to conscribe people into the military. We don't need these guys anymore. Right. Well, 
these guys aren't so bad. The this this genetic weirdo crew, this bad batch, this like motley crew of clones. Mm-hmm. Let's let's take a look at them and see see what's going on. And that's kind of the launch. Okay. So it's it's I, a, a fun fun interesting. I'll have to I have to fire it up. I I this is what I I learned my lesson on the watching thing with Bad Batch is I've started it twice. Yeah. And I again off in a different direction having to do stuff so I've, I I haven't watched. Yeah. I've watched like 4 or 5 minutes of the first episode twice. Yeah, I I started to get that way in like the end of episode 2 I started to like Oh, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. I gotta, I got this happening or that happening. And my focus started to drift. So I just made conscious note. I'm like, all right, well, I know I'm just going to have to start back at like five minutes before the end of episode two right. and go from there. Right. Cool. 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 Um, what about you? What's, uh, what's geeking your interest at the moment? Oh gosh. Um, Yeah, it's it, everything's been pretty uh, quiet on my side in terms of things that have really, really got me. Uh, I've been getting caught up on. Um, uh, I've been getting caught up on the new season of Mythic Quest. Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna have to get a, a Apple TV trial to. It's it's this uh, it's been so good. Mythic Quest and Ted Lasso and a couple others. Yeah, there's a, there's a few of them. Yeah. Um, but I, I've really enjoyed what they've been doing with mythic quest. Um, there was something else that I was, that I was, I was very excited for, but I can't remember what it was now. I got to remember what I got to remember to do is every time I see something, I just got to remember to text you instead yeah. of write a note. Cause that way it like, there's a live stream of, yeah of conscious sure. in terms of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, cause that way I'm not like, Oh man, but yeah, yeah. that's, that's really it. I, I have, I've been traveling for work the last two weeks, so I haven't really had a chance to even sit down on anything. Yeah. And, uh, in the last two weeks, as I said before, my girlfriend got me a switch. And so, uh, video games hit my life again in a different way that they haven't. Cause my, I had a 360 before that I haven't mm. been updated on systems. And so, uh, I uh, played Bioshock One, started Bioshock Two, uh, like just cranking through some 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 games I missed and some mm-hmm. things, and uh, having a fun time. Yeah, I I enjoy the, having the Switch. Uh, it's like I said, I, but it's it's to your point with the types of games that I'm, you know, uh, it's it's good mindless entertainment for me. Like yeah. I said, I mostly play games like Lego games. Yeah, just because. Oh, yeah. I, you know, there's a, there's oh, a, the there's, Lego games are always that's so much fun. Yeah. They've done such good stuff with it, but it's, it's, I, I like having a switch cause it's something I can just do. And then I have three's company on in the background oh, yeah. and I'm playing the switch. And, oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of it, it, it. There's not a lot of, you don't have to make, you don't have to commit the no. way you have to with the other consoles. No. Well, I mean, in the, I, the, the, the transitioning ability mm-hmm. to like, uh, I was, I was playing it on the TV mm-hmm. playing Bioshock. Cause that's a, that's a TV worthy. Yeah. Game. That's definitely a TV worthy one. I would, I would <clears> have <throat> a hard time playing it on the screen. Uh, it's, it's not bad on the screen, but it's definitely like a TV worthy game. So, you know, can sit there and play for like an hour and a half on the TV. And then you're, you know, it's getting that time of night where you don't want to sit there and just focus on the game. So you're like, I, I want TV on too. Mm. So you're like, bink, screen. All right. 
TV's on. Now we're watching TV and I'm yeah, still playing and here my game. Here's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah exactly. here's where I'm at. And yeah, no, that the hands down is it was my selling feature for it. You know, like yeah, like that's what sold me. Yeah, exactly. You you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to commit to one to 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 being connected to the TV because it has the screen with it and. Uh, you know, the body of it is the screen and yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a very clever device and it's, it's, it's good for what it's good for. Yeah. I'm not mad at it. Nah, nah. I'm just, uh, uh, waiting for my obscene memory card I ordered to come in today <laughs> so I can actually like get some games on it. Right. Uh, Cause it's 30 down, like base, base fills up real quick. Base, oh yeah. Base. 100% with so, those games. So yeah. It's uh yeah, I've, I've had to, I've had to go through and remove like, because, and also the, the digital, the digital download stores now, like not having to have cards yeah. or cartridges or discs yeah. is great. Um, and, and from what I understand, uh, uh, upload speeds of like, like when you're playing it, like it plays faster when you download it than if you're playing it off the cartridge. Yeah. You know, um, the only, yeah, the only downside is, is, uh, you know, the, uh, having the multiple players and the, you know, whatever, there's like four family members or three family members here that want to play it. So yeah, everybody's, you know, well, that's, that's, but the, there is that enjoyment that they do make it flexible. You just gotta mm-hmm. buy a couple extra controllers. Exactly. That's true. You know? Yeah. The, the majority are, yeah. If we're all doing it together, it's, it's Mario Kart or something like that. So. Yeah. I mean, there's there, but they do, you know it is more it is the system that you can do that with yep. you're not going to get that with uh like playstation or xbox yeah but you, it's it's been a good um it's been a good on the go one too um like with the kids yeah where we get to a place like if we go if we're going to hang out at a friend's place or even if we go into the pub uh you know you hear mario karts in the in the game plop it up with the kickstand yeah. here you go, here's your controllers go ahead yeah. and play i don't want to hear from you while I eat my steak or my, my burger. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's entertain yourself. It's a clutch device. It really is. is. It's a very clutch device. I mean, to me, it's, uh, everything that game gear wanted to be back in the nineties. Right. Right. Like everything that game gear. Gear. Yeah. It's true. It is. It is Uh, true. Yeah. Um, and what, what was the other one? The PSP? Yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's doing all those things. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it, the only down, the other only downside is, is that because you're not, it's not a committed console the way that the others are. Yeah. The others are the, the, the games that are available are a, a little, little less. Than yeah. That. A little streamlined, but regardless, you know, Hey, technical, technical, we, we, we had discussed it. Uh, now that we have the one, maybe getting a second one so that somebody else could play while somebody else is playing and doing whatever. And, uh, after a week we had talked about it again and it was like, we can share this one. We can get a PS five or an Xbox next. Right. Like we can have two so that we can play the like little more in depth games and mm-hmm. then, and then have this for the fun. Exactly. Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, cool. All right. Well, with that, we will say goodbye and uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up and we will see all of you next week. Next week.